He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. And I'm Harper. Oh no, Harper! I'm telling you, I didn't do anything. I don't care. <gasps> and this is our November roundup. <laughs> With Howard Dean in the corner. He can nobody, never escape. Nobody puts Howard Dean in a corner. Except us. And, and the American voting public. <laughs> Aw, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be discussing the movies that we watched in November with a couple sprinkled in from October because we had our crazy Halloween and episode even last farther time. Back. <laughs> There's only one from September, but yeah. it was a new one, so we have to talk about it. Speaking of new movies, yeah. holy smokes. Hold on to your butts. There's at least uh uh <laughs> let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve at least we're we're gonna talk about at least twelve at brand least new twenty twenty three flicks new movies and also brain dead (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so yeah we'll be discussing what we like didn't like all that good stuff um and then for our mini segment for this episode we're going to talk about holiday horror picks no that's right What's scarier than having to sit next to your uh, Trumper uncle? <laughs> it's these movies. Yeah. No, nothing scarier than that. Nope. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of our favorite holiday horror movies. These are probably mostly Christmas slash New Year's or winter themed. Yeah. <laughs> There aren't really any Hanukkah or Kwanzaa horror movies that we have seen. I mean, there really should be. Somebody really should make a Hanukkah slasher. Something about dreidel. Killer dreidel. I don't know. Dreidel, dreidel. (laughs) Die. Death. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dreidel, dreidel, death. (laughs) I would watch that 100%. Um, so, uh, I guess if Howard Dean is back in his corner, then we should jump right in to our November roundup. So our first one, boy, we got to go scroll way back on the old letterbox All for this one. All the way back. Doodle, 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 doodle. So our first movie, Smoking Causes Coffee, <laughs> <laughs> which came out technically 2022, but it's really a new movie. Yeah. Directed by Quentin Dupieux, or as Harper likes to say. Quentin. Oh, man. Quentin Dupieux. <laughs> my favorite. 
Your favorite. Golly, Doopie X. <laughs> so after a devastating battle against a diabolical turtle, a team of five Avengers known as the Tobacco Force is sent on a mandatory retreat to strengthen their decaying group cohesion. Their sojourn, sojourn goes wonderfully well into, until Lazardin, Emperor of Evil, decides to annihilate planet Earth. Starring a bunch of French people. <laughs> yeah, I didn't recognize anybody. No. Um, so we love this director because he did Deer Skin, which is Harper's favorite. Oh my God, Deer Skin! Seventy is so minute good. feature that has ever come out. That is one of my favorite. I mean, I feel like on my deathbed, I'm gonna be like, more people should watch Deer, Deer Skin. Skin. <laughs> um, and we saw Rubber really long time ago about a killer tire. Mm-hmm. So you get the gist. He has. He has. He has comedy a, chops. He has a bunch of other <laughs> ones that we would need to watch. Um, yeah. There's one that might be in English, actually. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I always see the poster. But does the humor translate well into English? I don't English? know. Let's see. Oh, I thought Rubber was English. Um, is it? I thought I it was. So. Uh, but I don't know. I could be wrong. The one I was thinking of, the other one is uh, Reality. It takes place see. in California. I think it Rubber is. Rubber does? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Anyways, uh, yeah, his movies are bananas. And this one uh, does not disappoint. <laughs> yeah, so this one's, it's, I was, I didn't know, well, looking at the poster, it looks like an evil, like, Power Ranger knockoff parody type yeah. movie. Um, they're, like, dressed in tight rubber suits and they think smoking is good, right? No, well, that's <laughs> or- <laughs> the thing. They're, like, anti-smoking because they fight, like, lung cancer. Or, yeah. Yeah, but like- they use the power of, like, they're like it's like cat in a plant, but they're like nicotine, yeah, asbestos, <laughs> like uh, uh, ammonia. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so weird. Um, so, but it is. It's more set up like an anthology. So there's yeah. a bunch of short film stories that are equally hilarious and like, weird. <laughs> it's weird enough that it's just like this weird Power Rangers thing, mm-hmm. and they're like finding out it's maybe the end of the world or whatever while they're on like a retreat yeah. to team build. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then there's like these like three or four random like shorter stories built into mm-hmm. it. Like for example, they get a fish and they're about to start frying the fish to yeah. eat dinner. And the fish starts telling them a story. Yeah. And then they have like a storytelling contest around a fire. Except only like one person gets to tell yeah, a story. Yeah, and I like think. some other random family shows up. There's a lot of blood and guts. The funniest. <laughs> well, actually, there's two really funny anthology stories within this. One of them is about the, I just had to look it up. The thinking I, helmet? Yes, because I forgot what favorite. it looked like. I, I wrote in my review how much I want one. Yes, yeah, this lady puts on this helmet and it just like, isolates her from everybody else and tell and um uh and she realizes that like her husband and her friends are like just super annoying yeah and she's like i just want to stay in this all the time yeah i don't think i want to take it off (laughs) and you just have like her little narration going on it's so and she's just sitting there watching them it's this gigantic helmet it's super ridiculous but she like Leaves it on too long and then goes crazy and starts killing people. Yeah. <laughs> but I love thinking helmet. <laughs> There's the other funny one is um, where this lady, her nephew works for her at like a like a garbage dump or something. Or, Maybe. Or it's something like, where they shred stuff. Yeah. Like and a recycling plant. His like, first of all, his like feet get stuck in it. <laughs> And he, but he's like, I feel fine. I don't think it's, it's that right. big of a deal. It's no big deal. And then every time she tries to fix it, he just keeps 
getting more and more he's like, shoved huh. down into it <laughs> yeah. until he's like just a head in there. Yeah. And then eventually he's like just like Mush liquid. in a bucket, but he's still <laughs> but he's talking. Still, he's still alive and he's like fine. He's but like, she should probably go tell my mom. Yeah, that's the horror <laughs> of the story is that she has she's afraid to tell his mom yeah. about what happened to him. <laughs> it's so weird. It weird, weird, weird. But, but I love it. Yeah, so it's not, I wrote in my review that like it's not as focused as Deerskin, obviously, because it's really all over the place. Yeah. But it is very funny and very uh, bizarre, mm-hmm. which is what he's good at. Um, yeah, I love So it. I did really enjoy it. I love Deerskin more, but this was a lot of fun. Agreed. I totally agree. I gave it four stars. I gave it four stars and it is currently on Hulu. Definitely worth a watch. And all like all his movies, there. it's only 77 minutes. Hell, yeah. That's weird. Deerskin is exactly 77 as well. Huh. How long is rubber? Take a guess. 77 minutes. 82. Oh, that's kind of a long one for him. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that's funny. All right. So that's smoking causes coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, are we ready to continue? Weird, weird, <laughs> weird. We are. We watched an old movie called The Kindred, which came out in 1987, directed by Stephen Carpenter and Jeffrey Obrow. Uh, John's got a half-brother, half-human, half-something else. Whoa! (laughs) Amanda's deathbed request to her son, John, was for him to destroy all the lab notes, etc. from her last experiment. She also blurts out he had a brother (laughs) at the very last second. Uh, At the funeral, John meets Melissa, who claims to be his mother's biggest fan. Together with some of John's friends, they go to Amanda's house, but none are prepared for what they find there. Starring... David Allen Brooks, Rod Steger, Amanda Pays, Talia Balsam, Kim Kim Hunter. That's right. Our our lady. Whoops. Hey, lady. <laughs> I hate bananas. Yeah, Planet of the Apes, Kim Hunter. Timothy Gibbs, Peter Frechette, Julia Montgomery, Funky Jones. That's a weird name. Mm-hmm. And Charles Gruber. There's probably some other people. Gruber? <clears throat> so, The Kindred... What did you think, Harper? Well, Michelle liked it so much that we watched it twice. <laughs> she watched it twice. Because like, we rented it from Video Drum and Michelle yeah. watched it on her own. And then she's like, well, you need to see this before yeah. we return it. So we watched it again. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a movie I'm surprised I haven't heard more about. Because the way you described it to me was like that it's very Reanimator-esque. And that's yeah. true. It's like if Reanimator was slightly more serious, mm-hmm. but still like the effects are crazy and goofy as hell. Yeah. Um. So it has some great twists. It's one one twist that you would never ever ever see coming that is insane. Uh and pretty wild involves some crazy practical effects. Uh it's got a real catchy main theme. It's like it, it's, a it's lullaby. known for its music. Is it? No, I don't know. It's I I uh most people love the practical effects, I think. And it's weird because the guy who did this like disappeared and is like these are so good. Why did you leave? Yeah. They the, these two guys that directed, they did like one other movie, I think. That Yeah. They were like film familiar, school but, people when they made it. Or... Yeah, it's surprising though. I think the movie was kind of a flop or something. But yeah, it was it's really fun. This is this would have been a blast to watch like at a Halloween party or something. I mean, we could do a, a kindred-themed party next year. <laughs> oh, my God. It's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I think 
people who like Reanimator or The Fly would probably like this one. It's mm-hmm. very like sci-fi horror, but it has some comedic elements. But the practical effects and the deaths are crazy. And then the ending is just off the charts. <laughs> I really like that British lady too. I feel like she's a real missed opportunity. She should have continued to play like the hot British lady and who's in, evil. Yeah, in every nineties thing. She was in. We were like, where do we know her from? She's in an X Files episode where As Scully was real jealous because she was like ex girlfriend. Yeah, she's like British <laughs> what, uh, intelligence or whatever. Yeah, she's also in Leviathan, which I can't remember. Have you seen that or not? Uh, well, there's so many. No, Leviathan is really. I think cool. I've seen like the deep and abyss. We should watch that together something. sometime. It's very much like the thing underwater. Yeah, it's it's Panos Cosmatos' dad directed yeah. it. Peter Weller is in it. His it's, father. And uh, and Freddy Krueger is in it. <laughs> it's really cool. But anyways, um, yeah, The Kindred is really cool. I'm glad you convinced me to watch it because I really enjoyed it. It's a solid 80s horror flick. And it probably has a cult following or it will because they released that. I'm, I'm asking for for Christmas, the three disc steelbook special edition of the Kindred. Four K. Right. <laughs> I need that soundtrack. <laughs> Sean Baker was a big fan of this Michelle uh, movie. Michelle, that's weird. <laughs> he reviewed it on Letterboxd. He really liked it. <clears throat> um, so I gave it three and a half stars. I gave it three and a half stars. Also, it's not currently streaming. Uh, we rented it from Videodrome. Videodrome. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you want to watch it, you got to find a local rental place yeah. or spend like $45. Or maybe YouTube. It could be on, on YouTube. On Synapse. <laughs> uh, next movie. Guess what? It's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> that is When Evil Lurks, which came out in 2023, directed oh by Demion Rugna. There's no point in praying. <laughs> Evil tagline. Hmm. Residents of a small rural town discover that a demon is about to be born among them. They desperately try to escape before the evil is born, but it may be too late. That's like the most um, pared down version of what this movie's actually about. That's like the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and that really doesn't get into what makes this movie really yeah. interesting. Uh, did you recognize anybody? This um, is... Um, it's Argentinian. Argentinian. Uh, I don't... No, I would guess some of these folks were probably in Rugna's other one that I've seen, um, Terrified. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure. I, no, I, nobody like jumped out at me. Well, we have Ezekiel Rodriguez, uh, Damien Salomon and Sylvina Sabatur in Virginia Garofalo. <laughs> I don't know which of these ladies was the, the I can't remember, what the, the cleanser, cleaner or whatever. That was Sylvina Sabatua. Okay. Yeah, she was really cool. I really liked her a lot. Uh, this movie is wild. Yeah, so we knew like going into this that people thought it was going to be it's pretty crazy. It's and pretty I would brutal. agree. And 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 may or may not be the best horror movie th- of this year. We'll have to discuss. Maybe, but yeah. um definitely up there. That's what I had heard about it um mm-hmm. when it was making festival rounds and stuff. Um but yeah, so what's really interesting about this one that the the like plot description does not really get to is that this takes place like in a world where it's God not like dead yeah it's not like post-apocalyptic but it's like close it's like there have been all these like attacks of um i can't remember what they call them but like where these people get possessed and then you have to follow all these rules to like make yeah, sure like it the gets... government will come by and cleanse the place so you don't get infected 
or possessed as well. Yeah, it's like a possession that kills people, but also takes other people over too. Yeah, it's um, treated like a virus. <laughs> yeah, but but way more like religious and not scientific. Yeah, and it's because God is dead and there's like hell is escaping or something. Yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> Uh, and one things I really love about this is that like you don't get like an info dump at the beginning with all that information. Yeah, it's a very slow like li- like they slowly let out everything about this world, and you never really understand all of it a hundred percent. Like it's very slowly kind of dripped out to you, which is really cool. yeah. Because like the woman that we really like, the older one, she's like a cleanser or mm-hmm. something, a cleaner. cleaner. I think. And so, like, she has this weird kit that she just pulls out. It's like, this is what you got to use to get rid of them. Yeah. And it's like survey equipment and stuff. It's really weird. Yeah, it's very, like, feels very kind of ancient and mystical and, yeah. Um, but it, but this movie is also just incredibly brutal. Like, some of the kills and stuff that you see is, like, yeah. real hard to watch. There's a dog part that I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, what Michelle is Ross, happening? What she's like, I don't know if I can watch that. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, uh, no, thank you. And there's, there's some stu- real nasty stuff that happens with some very young children. Uh, with and, a dog. And, well, not just the dog, <laughs> but other stuff. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, the only thing I'll say about this, I, I was kind of iffy about the ending a little bit. Yeah. Um, like I'm okay. With, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm okay with a downer ending. But I also was like, oh, I really wanted to see more of what was going to happen. Yeah. And it kind of just ends a little bit. Yeah. Um, so in that way, I mean, that's kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing, right? That you're like wanting more. But mm-hmm. um, like this is a movie I would love for them to do some kind of follow up to because I would love to see more of like how this world works because it was really interesting. Yeah, and the other thing I liked is that it's, it has this like continuous pace where you're just, it's like they're on the run and you're running with them, but it never feels rushed or too slow. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different, I mean, there's not that many different characters, but there's a lot to like background stuff. There's like a whole family in the beginning that you get to know and then maybe they come back later or maybe they don't and it never feels confusing because like no. there's so many different characters and backstories and different personalities and it all fits really well together it's really well scripted and paced in that yeah like you're learning more about the world but also like these characters you're learning their backstory and how they're all related to each other and stuff as you go yeah. instead of like being like Instead of them just, you know, yelling out their own names and how they're related all the time, like an M. Night yeah. Shyamalan movie. <laughs> I am 45 years old and I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a firefighter. Yeah. Um, man, I just had a thought and I forgot. Uh, well, it's gone forever. <laughs> well, that's what happens when evil lurks. I guess. I've been possessed. There's some evil lurking around us right now. Harley's yeah. getting into trouble. She is maybe... Climbing all over stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what'd you give it when evil lurks? I end up giving it four stars. I did too. It's on Shutter, Amazon, or I think rentable on Amazon and yeah. Apple. But free on Shutter. Yeah. And yeah, I'd recommend his other movie, Terrified too. You need to watch that sometime, I think. One it's pretty cool. What's next? Boy. Next up, we have another new film. and Even better horror movie. <laughs> is it? <laughs> and that is Five Night at Freddy's, which came out in 2023, directed by... <gasps> is it? Yeah. Hey, lady! Emma Tammy. Can you survive five nights? Not very Question original. 
Recently fired and desperate for work, a troubled young man named Peter. <laughs> Why did I say that? A troubled young man named Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, said troubled young man. <laughs> uh, agrees to take a position as a night security guard at an abandoned theme restaurant, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. But he soon discovers that nothing at Freddy's is what it seems. Starring Josh Hutcherson, Peter. <laughs> Piper Rubio, Elizabeth Lyle, Matthew Lillard. Mary Stewart, Mattis Masterson, Kate Connor Sterling, and David Lynn. I don't feel like I recognized anybody in this besides Peter and. Well, the girl was familiar too. I just looked her up and I didn't recognize her. From she's anything. in. Um, Unless she's in a TV show. Yeah, she's in You. Oh, well, I didn't see that. <laughs> As You. <laughs> hmm. Um. This wasn't great. <laughs> no. So we never played the video game. It's based on a video game that came out a few years ago, and it has a huge following, and little kids love it. Um, it's probably a good video game. But So this was definitely a more like younger audience horror movie. I think if you're a 13-year-old, it's probably great. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, or even younger, honestly. But for some reason, it's really long. It's long. It's not really scary like there's very little like actual horror yeah i was like for a pg-13 film it's super light on the blood and guts like they pull away a lot nothing yeah so you don't really see anything and there's not even like i don't know there's not much tension either no because yeah you'd think it's like oh no the they're animatronic we have to get away but like half of the movie like the animatronics are like good (laughs) well there's this huge weird like backstory too and like the main character just accepts that oh these animatronics are possessed by little children who were murdered by somebody that's the thing (laughs) I feel like this movie is just way too beholden to the game story which there's been like 15 games or something at this point so it's really complicated (laughs) and um, because yeah it's just kind of ridiculous it doesn't Um, make any sense in the fact that he just accepts everything no oh they're alive cool and it just keeps getting really (laughs) complicated it's like okay Killer animatronics, yeah, that sounds cool. And then it's like, okay, ghosts are reanimating them. Like, um, okay, I can maybe get on board with that. It's a little weird. But then it's like, okay, it's ghosts, but it's also corpses in the robots. Yeah. Uh, okay, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then it's like, oh wait, they also have dream powers. They can they can dream invade power. people's dreams. Oh, and also they're controlled by one other guy, a real a, a, a live person. adult yeah. in a killer animatronic suit. Like, well, who actually killed them and maybe killed his younger brother. It's so <laughs> like, what? <laughs> incredibly overly complicated. It's really yeah, dumb. They did not think the script through. Like, you don't have to include everything from the video game. <laughs> no, it's really weird. Like, I don't know. The, I'll, the good things I'll say about it, I think the production design's pretty good. Like, it feels like an abandoned theme yeah. restaurant. Like, they do a good job with that. And I appreciate that the animatronics are like probably 90% practical yeah like it's very mostly real like there's only a handful of things that are not um so i i appreciate that but i i it's baffling to me that this is done as well as it has i don't get it it's not good i don't get it either i'm glad we did not pay for it um actually i don't even see where it's streaming now i thought it was on is it peacock or something it definitely was on peacock yeah maybe they took it off i wonder yeah um yeah not great uh, but also I had very low expectations going into it because people kept saying it wasn't great. I think if they had just like cut 30 minutes, it probably would have been more solid. 
I don't know. I don't even know if that. It's just the story's just too complicated. And cut a few extra characters and cut some random plot lines. Yeah. <laughs> Simplify. That's all we need. It's competently made. It's just not very good. Yeah. Um, I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, I did too. So Sorry, it was streaming ladies. at some point, but not anymore. Sorry, lady director. She'll, she'll, her career's over, let's be honest. <laughs> no, it's not. This movie made tons of money. Oh, it did? Okay. Yeah, it did crazy well. <laughs> I was just thinking of all the other female directors who are like, oh, you didn't make a billion dollars? No, you can't have another project. <laughs> no, this movie did really, really well. Okay. And it's definitely going to have a sequel. <laughs> well, guess what, Harper? Oh, wait. I went too far. You liar. Far. Okay. I went too far. <laughs> what have you what did you do? My to mistake. Me? <laughs> oh boy. I was trying to look Prepare at Prepare yourself. Uh, it's coming. <laughs> I was trying to look at how much money it's made so far. Oh yeah, okay. The budget was twenty million and just opening weekend alone it made eighty million. That's and a pretty good opening. Worldwide it's already made two hundred and seventy seven million. Well, good for you. And that's a movie that got released to streaming basically right when it came out too. So yeah, yeah. it's done extremely well. Uh, next up, a we... movie that probably did not do very well. Yeah, new movie, A Haunting in Venice, came out twenty twenty three, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Death I is only the beginning. <laughs> this is my accent. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, celebrated sleuth. Her his name's Hercule. 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 <laughs> his name's Hercule. What is his name? It's Hercule. Is it? Yeah, Hercule Perot. Well, they only ever call him Perot. <laughs> Hercules Perot, now retired and living. <laughs> My mistake. In self-imposed exile in Venice, reluctantly attends a Halloween seance at a decaying haunted. Beyonce. 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 Yeah. Being thanks for being I'm sorry. so it was mean just, to it was me. It's really funny. I'm sorry. Uh, well, you can read it. <laughs> he reluctantly attends a Halloween seance <laughs> at a decaying haunted palazzo. When one of the guests is murdered, the detective is thrust into a sinister world of shadows and secrets. Starring Kenneth Branagh, Kyle Allen, Camille Cotton, Jamie Dornan, Tina Fey, Jude Hill, Ali Khan, Emma Laird, Kelly Riley, Ricardo Scamarcio, Michelle Yeoh. And maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, so this is the third installment of the Perot films. We did not see Death on the Nile. We've got enough champagne to, to fill, fill denial. denial. <laughs> um, so I don't know why he's in exile, but... <laughs> he's not really in exile. He's that's just, what it said. I know, I know, but he's just like retired. I think he's ashamed and... All his friends are dead. <laughs> I don't know about that. We don't know what happened on the Nile. Um, <laughs> but this one, it's more, it is more of like a twisty gothic horror. It's certainly more horror than mystery. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely mystery too, but more than the other two, it's definitely got a whole yeah. bigger horror element. Um, I am glad they tried to do something different because. Uh, repeating the same style every single time would be annoying. The ghostly atmosphere was enjoyable to watch, uh, but I had issues with the pacing and it just felt kind of messy. But I know you felt opposite. Yeah, I really liked this, actually. I, I was surprised how much I liked it. Um, 
I mean, I agreed with you that the production design is really good and it's got a really good like spooky classic ghost story atmosphere Mm -hmm. that I thought was really, really well done that I don't feel like I've seen in a while in a new movie. Yeah. Um, But also, I just thought it was really clever the way it's like, it's a con, the whole movie is about this conflict between like Perot is like very jaded and he's very like facts only like the, um, you know, there's a, a medium, Michelle Yeoh plays a medium and he's like, this is stupid. And he's like immediately disproves like, oh, look, she's faking it. I'm done. Like, see you later. Yeah. But then um, like he's faced with the possibility of actual supernatural uh, stuff. And th- that's like exciting to him when he finally realizes it because like, okay, that is like the ultimate mystery for, for a detective to solve is one that like can't ever be solved. Um, and that like, you know, gives him a reason to, to live and, detect again yeah (laughs) i really thought that was a clever kind of like you know theme throughout the movie and i just thought it was a cool like ghost story you know it's got some good good little twists and stuff i thought it tried too hard with all the twists and stuff i mean that's what these movies are agatha christie yeah it's too many though and it just felt cheap (laughs) um acting wise i liked michelle yo a lot yeah I thought her character was very interesting. Kind of Bernard's doing his thing with his weird accent. <laughs> I don't know if I can if I can ever believe um, Tina Fey not in nope, modern times in a period piece. Like <laughs> she's she not keeps bad. popping up, and I'm like, you don't belong in she's this. She's certainly time. not bad, but yeah, it's just hard to like believe her as you know somebody in the yeah. 40s or whatever. Um, plus, she's always. I mean, I guess she's kind of comedic in this, but it's a little bit like she's always funny to me. So she sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had some issues with the CGI stuff, too. All these movies just look, it's not as bad as like Death of the Nile looked, but some of it was bad. Yeah. Well, me and me and our friend Mike, we can continue <laughs> to hold a torch for haunting in Venice. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So what'd you give it? I give it three stars. I give it four stars. And it's currently on Hulu. Check it out. Or don't. (laughs) Were you going to check out Death on the Nile? No. Why not? Never. (laughs) Gal Gadot is dead to me. Gal Gadot. (laughs) Um, Gadot. Oh, I forgot how cursed that cast was. Had Mm -hmm. Army Hammer too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did it have a third person? Oh, yeah. And uh, what's her name from... Black Panther, who's oh, like yeah. vaccines don't exist uh-huh. <laughs> or bad. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, movies. Poor Kenneth Bernard. Yeah. Okay, now it's time. Harleen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, she, oh brought she brought her baby. She spit out she a just, sacrifice yeah. to us. She's like, y'all need to eat. You guys looking thin, eat more. <laughs> oh, so cute. Uh, so I watched a new movie called Priscilla, which came out this year. Queen direct- of the Desert? No. Oh. <laughs> Directed by hey, Sofia Coppola. It's crazy. We have two Sophia lady Coppola? directors. Coppola. The unseen side of a great American myth in Elvis and Priscilla Presley's long courtship and turbulent marriage from a German army base to a state at Graceland. We're going to have at least one other female director later in this episode. That's insane. What is going on with this? So, starring starring Kaylee Spaney, Jacob L.R.D., Ari Cohen, Dagmara Dominic. (laughs) 
I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they just cast Riley Keogh? I'm sure she doesn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, Tim Post, Lynn Griffin, and some other people I didn't really recognize. So I wanted to give Sofia Coppola another chance because I haven't been a huge fan of her films in a long time. I mean, like, The Beguiled was <laughs> fine, right? It wasn't amazing, but it was fine. I don't but. I don't remember much of Beguiled. I hated the bling ring. I didn't like On the Rocks. Uh, I didn't oh, like God, A Very Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, she, man. It's been a, a bad streak. <sighs> she of had two movies. brilliant movies to start her career, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. I've not liked almost. I mean, some people after. like Maria Antoinette. I've never seen it, and we never saw somewhere because that people could said be. it is literally as boring as watching. I Pink saw Ray. it. I just don't remember much. It's just Kirsten Dunst being pretty all the time. No, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was talking about somewhere. Oh, somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I wanted to give her another chance. And I will say that this is definitely better than the last few we've seen. So mm. I think she does do a good job of, like, I mean, not like it's never going to be as good as Lost in Translation or Virgin Suicides, but it's at least better than some of the other stuff. Um, I also really loved how it was filmed. So it looks really pretty and very, like, her style, very soft film film grain focus and everything yeah um i thought she did a really good job of capturing like the isolation and loneliness that priscilla was feeling um but i kept waiting so i think one of my problems is that this there's still too much elvis <laughs> it's like it's called priscilla i thought it was gonna be like all oh, priscilla with very little elvis because last year we had elvis which was a lot of elvis and then mm. it, like everyone's elvis crazy and all this other elvis 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 so i was very like sad when oh it's actually about elvis <laughs> and less about priscilla because it's more about him doing all his stuff and being creepy and like dating a 15 year old when yeah. he's in his 20s and taking her to Graceland and then leaving for tours and movies and stuff and so it's always just her kind of waiting for Elvis to come back yeah um so uh it just feels like there's nothing significant that's gonna happen because I kept waiting for her moment where she was like gonna do something <laughs> but it's really just her kind of waiting and which, like I said, really captures, like, I guess how isolated she felt um, because I think Priscilla had a lot to do. This is based on her autobiography hmm. and she had a hand in helping with the script and movie. Like oh, she might have been a producer. Um, and she said, like, it captures everything great and like pretty accurate how she felt. I she's still alive. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I was just hoping for that one moment where she would like, get uh, her voice and stand up to anybody or anything and it's yeah. kind of like she just goes away <laughs> which is fine but it's just like i was really hoping it wouldn't be an elvis movie again <laughs> i mean i don't know Ryan, tell me if i'm totally wrong but that sounds a little bit like remember they made a movie last year about the williams twins except that it's about their dad <laughs> it's kind of like that i guess Who cares? yeah <laughs> Um, it looks great though. The music was good. Um, and it's just, it's just a very quiet 
not slow paced, but just a lot of like waiting around stuff. Would you rather watch this or like Jackie again? I don't know. They're very similar. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't really remember Jackie too much. Great music. So this one's not awful. It's just like, uh, like I don't think it did what, uh, it's not very empowering, I yeah. guess. It's like sometimes you marry too young and then you're like kept in a box your whole life and then you just stay in your box because you have lots of money. Like <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I gave it three and a half stars. I don't think you would probably like it because you don't like really like me. Elvis anyway. Jacob Elordi, he's just popping up and everything. He's we're gonna talk about him later in oh, Saltburn. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny. I saw like <laughs> there was a lot of jokes going around about him because Austin Butler, like you know, how you can't even lose the accent like after yeah. however long. Uh, in an interview, he said, well, all I know about Elvis, I watched, got from Lilo and Stitch <laughs> when wow. like the little alien is playing an Elvis song. So I was like, all right, wow. <laughs> that's one approach. <laughs> um, so it's not streaming. I think it's still in theaters. Not going to be for everybody, but I, I'm at least hopeful that maybe her next project will be back to what we like. It's definitely better than the last few so i gave it three and a half stars all right can we be spliced together again i guess because <laughs> guess who we're about to talk about who oh, man. uncle marty, marty. <laughs> uncle marty. <laughs> so new movie we need a a big like bell or something nice well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> new movie time killers of the flower moon directed by martin scorsese marty <laughs> marty scorsese when oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under Osa Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, Tantu Cardinal, Scott Shepard, Jason Isbell, William Below, uh, John Lithgow, oh yeah, Brendan Fraser. Who else? There are a lot of familiar uh, faces. Everybody. Kara Jade Myers and Janie Collins. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what was happening. I'm sorry. I'm getting a blanket. I'm freezing. Harper's gold. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Killers of the Flower Moon is uh, three and a half hours long, and it doesn't feel like it. It was a fast-paced fast <laughs> movie, and I liked it. Um, like Coppola... I haven't been a huge fan of Martin Scorsese's latest stuff, but I think this was a really good balance of what he does best. Um, the parts that stood out to me definitely was the production design. Yeah. Um, 
it feels very authentic. It's like, I'm assuming they made those towns to have like their little hot rod races. Everything feels like it came from the right time period. And then also the score, which was really awesome. Yes. And it really helped amplify the tension and the drama and the crime and all of that. Score is know? definitely my favorite thing about this movie. It's, um, there's like this main like electric bass theme that's yeah. like very rhythmic. It reminded me a little bit in a weird way of like how um, Dr. Sleep has like that heartbeat that kind of like provides the backbone to the movie. And that's kind of this, this baseline is kind of like almost throughout like the whole movie is just sort of like giving you the rhythm of it. Yeah. You kind of hear it in the trailer for some bits, but yeah, yeah it works really well in the, in the movie. Um, I also loved Lily Gladstone's performance. Uh, she's the center of the whole story. And I thought she worked pretty well with Leonardo DiCaprio too. Yeah. That they were a good pair. Um, I really felt when she looked sick, like that's how I feel a lot of the time. <laughs> so she true. really captured that chronic illness <laughs> really well. <laughs> I did think she put up too much from him though. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It was kind of obvious like, Hey, don't trust this guy that you're married to. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the interesting, like, uh, um, kind of complexity of it in that character, right. In that, um, you know, he's, he's a bad guy. Cause he's like, we'll do anything for money, but he's also trying to kind of wrestle with how that's like, he also lo genuinely loves his he wife. He does genuinely like his love, his family, and but it's like no big deal that he can like keep her kill sick his and, kill, or whatever. And, and yeah, have his, have her family killed off just to gain, make sure they gain control of the estate. Yeah. Um, so that's like an interesting thing because yeah, he's a horrible person, but like genuinely cares about his family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things I really, really loved about this. I mean, the story is fascinating and insane. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, like the the Tulsa race massacre, that's like everyone in America ought to know about this, and like this is a big, this is a piece of American history that we all ought to be taught and know about because it's insane, totally mm -hmm. insane. Um, and it's also super interesting about how like the very the origins of the FBI like this was like either the first or one of the first cases they took on um which well, is after pretty. it was formed i mean this was right after it was formed cuz it wasn't even called the FBI yet it was just the BI <laughs> um so that's that's pretty interesting too um and i like that part of it um i mean i'm sorry but it's it's too long it's, it's not too long, long. It should, this should it just make a mini series. This a mini a series? No, it's not a movie. It's, it's okay to have long, long. movies. It's, it's silly. It's really. It's silly. not silly. Just make it a two-part mini series. No, it's way too long. <laughs> way too long. Harper, you no. It no. felt it felt a lot to me like there were parts where um, uh, and I read and I thought this before I even read about the trivia that it was like. They were just like, oh, Leonardo's just too good. We can't cut this. And even though it has like nothing to do with this, like it doesn't add anything to the story. He's just like goofing around with his funky, weird teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the movie's really, really good. I just, yeah, I, I just think it's absurd to make a movie this long. It's um, not absurd. Uh, and also, like his last two freaking movies, there were major sound issues, and I don't understand how that happens. I didn't notice. Yeah, you didn't, but I did. <laughs> what sound, sound issues? There was terrible ADR three or four times. Or not, actually, it was bad ADR a few times, and there were a few times when it was like, clearly they just really didn't want to do ADR, and so the dialogue sounded like 
crap. I don't remember uh, this. And it's super bizarre because I had the same thing happened in silence. It's like, dude, this movie probably cost a gazillion dollars. You couldn't just like fix that one bit. It's really odd to me uh, that this continues to be a thing with Scorsese. Movie. I, there must be a reason for it and there must be a story behind it. I'm curious. Yeah. But um, yeah, that bugged me. But I know I've, I've said a lot of bad things, but I did really, really enjoy this movie. I just feel like it has some issues. Uh, there were some other oh. uh, things I liked. The ending? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I thought he used, he utilized a lot of older uh, film stock choice. Mm. He did classic photo portraiture, and then he had a radio show element at the end. And I yeah. thought all of those really helped with I, the production to design. I love that. Yeah, the way, instead of just being like, uh, this man was arrested, he's yeah. still in jail today. You know, like that kind of ending that you get in a lot of movies based on true stories. Yeah, they do this thing where it's like a radio show. That wraps up what happened yeah it's really really clever and really well done and very cool um and that part has larry fessenden in it <laughs> which is cool um so yeah i love that piece a lot i thought that was really cool um and the intro of the movie is fantastic too everybody's been uh that scene of them like finding the oil and dancing it it's been really going yeah. around a lot it's it is really cool yeah. shot really well sound might be an issue <laughs> great music but the performances, great performances are great incredible story yeah i don't know i think it is still in theaters i don't know who's gonna pick it up for streaming um but i was would assume it'd be before award season was it not produced by like amazon or netflix it like, could have been theaters? apple apple's been doing a lot of it is apple yeah yeah it's apple so it'll probably be on apple tv at some point yeah um I'm guessing Leonardo and Lily Gladstone are going to be nominated. Oh, I did sure. appreciate Robert De Niro in this role versus the Irishman. He's way better. Because he's actually playing an yeah. old person in this one really true. well. Very true. <laughs> and Jesse Plemons was another good one. He's just like, <laughs> you hate uh, Jesse Plemons though, right? <laughs> We've, uh, no, no, I love him. I think he's Todd. Good. He's a great actor because he's played characters that I hate. Yeah, so I love he's him. so good. Um, he's not a bad person in this one, though. He's just the FBI We come here agent. to investigate those spiders in the Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> that killed your mother that <laughs> she was researching. <laughs> so I lots of good performances. Um, also, Brendan Fraser has like a five-minute scene and he just yells at Leonardo, right? Yeah, that was probably <laughs> fun for him. <laughs> this big dude just yeah. yelling at him. <laughs> so I gave it four stars. I did too, actually. One star per hour. <laughs> <laughs> it is not too long. It goes by quickly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't even pee during it. I mean, that's true. Neither you made you. it the whole way. Did I you? ran out and peed because oh, I felt did? like okay. if I don't pee now, I'm going to pee during a climactic scene. So I ran out <laughs> and it was fine. <laughs> I didn't miss anything. All right. All right. <laughs> so Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, next up, it's another movie with a similar title <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> that is The Killer, which came out this year, directed by David Fincher. Execution is everything, but not in this film. <laughs> After a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. Starring Michael Fassbender, Tilda Swinton, Charles Parnell, Arliss Howard, Carrie O'Malley, and Sophie Charlotte. 
I don't think we recognize him. Who's the guy that played uh, Sauron who's in this? <laughs> oh, he's one of the... Um, Is it Emiliano Pernia? No. It was one of the other... Sala Baker. Yeah. Yeah. The brute. <laughs> this guy is Sauron. Um, so we were excited for this David Fincher film, but unfortunately we didn't really like it. Yeah, it's funny. I definitely had to eat my words because before, so our friends Kyle and Hannah had seen this at, at, at TIFF, I think, and they both gave it like pretty poor reviews. And then, um, so we were like, uh, oh, maybe not. But then I look at Letterboxd, I was like, oh, wow. Like a bunch of these other people I follow gave it like four, four and a half, five stars. It's like, yeah. wow, no kidding. Um, and then, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> it was not, not, my, I thought it was okay at best. Also, this was, we watched this like just before I found out I had COVID. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of out of it a little yeah. bit. I was definitely pretty sick, but, um, but still it has a lot of problems. It does. And honestly, the whole film just feels so pointless and yeah. like, it looks like a Fincher film. It has some Fincher things going for it, but like the Smith soundtrack over and over again was really distracting and Michael Fassbender's okay. I don't know if he really works in the role or not. Um, I don't know. I'm just not going to remember this. It's based on a comic book and I kind of get the sense. I, I got the feeling that like reading this as a comic would be way more entertaining and yeah. interesting as a movie. Yeah, I just that's the other thing. Like, was it supposed to be funny or not? I mean, I, I think know. so. I think like most of his movies, it's, you know, a mix. I think that, I think that's one thing that Fincher consistently does really well is all of his movies are hard to pigeonhole because they're not just like a drama. That's yeah. like, like even girl, the dragon tattoo, like it has funny bits. It has like, you know, uh, intense action. It has like horror sequences, you know, like the, this definitely succeeds on that front. Like it has like some funny stuff among being like an kind of an action thriller yeah. a little bit. Um, I don't know. I appreciated the style a little bit. And sometimes the like pseudo philosophical narration thing is kind of fun. Cause like kind of the whole point is that he keeps like insisting on all these rules, but he's like constantly breaking them. Like that's kind of interesting, but I just, yeah, I mean like, you know, I just kind of didn't understand the point. Um, and please change the sound, the score, <laughs> please. I didn't have anything that, else. <laughs> that didn't really bother me. So, I mean, I thought that was kind of interesting, but what is, I mean, can I, can I rant about sound for a second yeah. again? Again, I'm sorry. Harper's ranting segment. <laughs> I didn't mean to do this two movies in a row. Uh, this movie does really bizarre stuff with sound in that. It's um, sound. I mean, I feel like I've seen some other reviews, people saying like, it's really weird. Uh, jumps around, but like, but not being able to pinpoint it. It's like, so what they do is like in most movies, you always are thinking about like when you're mixing a movie, you're thinking about the perspective, like, okay, when is it appropriate to like, make things sound far away mm -hmm. versus up close. Like you don't do it always like it. You do it when it serves the story. And this movie does it always where the camera is, is where you're hearing stuff from. So it's like, you're hearing the music, like when he's listening to a Smith song and like about to use his sniper rifle or whatever, when they cut to his point of view, you hear the music full blast and then it cuts to like, looking at him and then you're hearing it through the headphones way far away. Yeah, I did notice that. It changes perspective like a million times in the movie, which is really unusual. Um, it's like, 
it's like they watched Roma and were like, oh, let's do that. But in Roma, it's really beautiful and natural. Yeah. And here it's like it calls constant attention to itself. It's really distracting. Yeah. Really, really distracting. And I kind of just don't get it. Like it's interesting as like an experiment, I guess. But um, but it's, yeah, it just doesn't make for, which is weird because I, Ren, I always never know how to pronounce his name. Ren Cleese, who's done sound on like all of Fincher's movies is phenomenal and like one of my favorite sound people. But this was just kind of, and s- same with how in Mank they did the whole thing where it sounds like it's in a theater. Yeah, the and you were like, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, it's like cool idea, but also like do that on a short film. Don't, don't do yeah. that on like a two and a <laughs> half stop. hour movie where you have to listen to it the whole time. Um, yeah, it's just, odd I, I don't know these his last two movies have been my least favorite fincher movies by they're a pretty basically wide margin. his whole crew is just becoming too full of themselves is what it seems like well yeah it's like <laughs> the style is really there and still interesting and cool looking but like there's just nothing underneath yeah uh see so yeah, i just didn't really get the point this is not one i'm interested to rewatch like at all me either i gave it three stars but it's gonna be pretty low on my new releases list for the year yeah i i, I agree i i gave it three stars too and i feel kind of the same way although i did like um david ehrlich's review although he really liked it which just surprised me yeah. but he said the killer is a movie about how awesome and embarrassing it must be for a 60 year old man to live with the fact <laughs> that he directed fight club <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah everyone was saying it's about him coming to terms it's certainly kind of himself <laughs> Of a piece with Fight Club in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Fight Club's far more entertaining. Yeah, Fight Club's good. Um, so this is currently streaming on Netflix. So maybe you watch it or don't. You could probably skip it though. Our next one is a movie that I have to say in a funny voice. You ready? Yes. Dial M for murder. Go get them, boys. <laughs> So, Dial M for murder. It murder. came out in 1954, directed by a... Mr. Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred. (laughs) If a woman answers, hang on for dear life. (laughs) What? (laughs) That is a weird tagline. That is a weird tagline. An ex-tennis pro carries out a plot to have his wife murdered after discovering she is having an affair and assumes she will soon leave him for the other man anyway. When things go wrong, he improvises a new plan to frame her for murder instead. Starring... Ray Milland, Grace Kelly, Robert Cummings, John Williams, Anthony Dawson, Leo that Britt. John Williams? Yes. George Lee and Hitchcock's in there somewhere, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we had watched this thinking it was going to be a noir, but it turned out to be just a quirky little Hitchcock film, so we didn't include it in our noirs. Um, but I thought this was pretty good and it was really interesting because you kind of know the entire plot of the movie early on. Like yeah. it's not about the twist. It's about what goes wrong with the plan and how they're going to like fix it. <laughs> well, it's also interesting because you know who the killer is. <laughs> there's not really a protagonist of this movie, which I think is maybe the most interesting thing about it. Like you're not following, like in the beginning, you're kind of following the husband, even though he's like the bad guy. Yeah. And then later it's like, you're like, uh, whose side am I on here? It's, it's inter- It gets really interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. Talk about it. We talked about how, uh, when 
evil lurks they don't give you all the information of the yeah. island for murder there's like you get everything the opening like 20 <laughs> minutes is just talking about the plan for yeah uh, which like, is, and then you'll do this and then you'll do this it's and then done this it's happen. done really well it's done in a cool way but it is like a major info dump. yeah um but yeah i mean this is a really fun like twisty crime story so it's it's really fun to watch because it's like yeah you don't you you kind of I don't know. There's a lot of tension. In it. Yeah. And then there's also an interesting aspect where the her affair partner is a crime writer. And so he feels like mm. something suspicious about the whole setup of what happened and why she was almost murdered. Um, and so he's trying to come up with his crime brain on what really happened. And That's that kind of gets thing. used against him, too, because he's like, oh, I'm going to the police. And then the police have this whole other crazy thing going on. Yeah, it's there's a lot of craziness. <laughs> it's very clever. Um, I'd say the only thing I didn't like about it is that I feel like Grace Kelly's pretty underused because I, I, mean, bit, I yeah. really like her like in Rear Window. But in this, she's kind of just there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get a lot to do. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but there's a scene when um, she starts to realize that the police think she did it. And the way she just start, looks up is like the way that Harley stares at me. Like, <laughs> you're just like, what's, I, don't, I don't know what, what's going on behind those eyes. <laughs> there's nothing It's a really odd, there. <laughs> odd scene. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. Compared to other Hitchcock films, what do you think? I mean, it's definitely kind of lower tier. It's definitely a good, really good movie. But yeah, I mean, compared to he has like five masterpieces that are better than this. Yeah. But um, it's probably like middle of the road Hitchcock stuff. It's certainly not a bad Hitchcock movie. But so people who like Hitchcock and mystery movies should watch Yeah, I feel like mystery. Or not really mystery. Or, I guess it's crime. I mean, kind of. But yeah, crime movies, like tense crime movies, this definitely fits yeah. the bill and does a really good job. I was surprised the main lead Ray, Ray Milland. Milland, uh born Reginald <laughs> what I've heard um, I was actually surprised that he was the like main lead because I didn't really recognize him I know he's in Sullivan's Travels and The, the Uninvited, Uninvited mm-hmm. but I was like this is kind of a weird pick I was um, thought maybe he would use like Jimmy Stewart or whatever. He has a pretty Jimmy Stewart look. <laughs> he does. No, I think that's what I was thinking. Like, well, oh, he's like the knockoff Jimmy Stewart. It's because this was in England. That's why. Yeah. Or at least it takes place in England. I wonder if this is this is maybe one of his last ones he directed in England before he left for the US, I wonder. I'd have to look. But yeah, it seems like it because Vertigo is right after this. I just kept thinking he should just be Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is this man? <laughs> this British imposter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ended up giving it four stars. Me too. I did like it. It's not as good as the main, the, like like you said, five main ones that are great, but it's still a good movie. Um, it's on Tubi, Canopy, and maybe Amazon and Apple for rent. Hmm. So yeah, that is a fun one. Dial M for murder. Followed by dial in for nerder nerder <laughs> nerd there's probably a parody film about, about that <laughs> um so harper our next movie is oh. <laughs> harper like, <laughs> that's right folks we watched a movie named Boy, harper this is skipping like a week ahead because we spent like a week isolated with covid yeah with me with covid watching a bunch of random crap <laughs> It was a lonely time. And a bunch of noirs. But somehow we still have an insane amount of movies to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
so Harper came out in 1966. No, as directed I came by... out in 1988. <laughs> With a vacuum. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> Directed by Jack Smite. <laughs> Harper takes a case, and the payoff I did? is murder. I'm just keep doing this. <laughs> Harper is a cynical private eye in the best I tradition sure of Bogart. He even has Bogie's baby hiring him to find her missing husband, getting involved along the way with an assortment of unsavory characters in an illegal alien smuggling ring. What a weird description. They they reference Very Bogart. weird. Bogie's yeah. baby. Bogie's AKA, baby. They just say Lauren Bacall. Yeah, she has a name. Her name is Lauren Bacall. <laughs> Her name is Bogie's baby. Bogie's baby. Bogie's baby should be a band name. Though. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, starring Paul Newman, who has Bogey's baby blue eyes, yeah, uh, Lauren Bacall, aka Bogey's baby, <laughs> Julie Harris, Arthur Hill, Janet Lee, Pamela Tiffin, Robert Wagner, Reb- Robert Weber, <laughs> and Shelley Winters, and Harold Gould. We love Gould. <laughs> uh, this was another one we watched thinking it'd be more of a noir, but it turned out to be more less noiry. I mean it is a noir though in a lot of it ways. It didn't feel like it it's followed too, our rules. It's too for comedic noir. is yeah. I think why it didn't fit the bill for us. And a lot of people I think it's like if you like the nice guys you'll probably like Harper. It's definitely but in the same vein. It's yeah. not as comedic as like straight comedy. It's more Paul Newman being cool <laughs> And getting into weird situations. <laughs> yeah, my thing, I mean, it's funny because a lot of the reviews for this were like really high. And so I was kind of excited about it because, I mean, I've wanted to see this movie forever for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like I should have liked it more. Um, and it had some really great moments, but it felt like it couldn't settle on like a tone. Yeah. So I feel like it's a problem with a lot of movies we've seen lately. Um, like there's some there are some bits that are really funny and some bits that feel very like dramatic and serious, mm-hmm. but they never blend very well. Uh, and I also felt like by the end, it kind of started to drag. It's kind of long on the longer side. I mean, it's not uh, Killers of the Flower Moon or anything. Oh <laughs> but it is. By long, uh, you mean two hours. I mean, yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, people listen to our podcast longer than Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> I think it's longer than all the other noirs we talked about, except for LA Confidential, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree, though. The tone is kind of all over the place. I was thinking it'd be more of like a comedy and it had comedic elements, but then it was like serious. But then it was like also a little weird. And it's like just P.I. running around L.A. stumbling on I like conspiracies. The, like the weird cult that he finds. That like Yeah, but then you have the like the weird cult thing. It's like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of strange stuff happening. But also the creepiness of like, the this the guy the lawyer that like refers him for the case his friend mm-hmm. is like what in his 40s or something probably and is uh is like obsessed and has a crush on this like how, how old do you think that girl's i hope she's 18 <laughs> yeah <laughs> she might not be though i wonder how old she was when the movie came out <laughs> um but yeah that that's that part's a little a little gross yeah uh is it miranda i must see how old she was uh she was born in 42 and this movie came out in 66 so she was 24 okay at least she's older (laughs) but he was born in 22 so so you do the math (laughs) let's just talk about bogey's baby again (laughs) yeah bogey's baby but paul newman i thought was great and oh yeah i always like pretty much everything i see him in. and it's funny it sounded like from some of the reviews and or like stuff i had read about it that this was like 
the movie that like broke him kind of hmm. it sounds like which i was surprised by i didn't realize that no way really this uh, was before cool hand luke that's what i'm looking let's see uh i guess so weird he had done cat on a hot tin roof before this which i know is uh, and the hustler yeah but and, yeah uh, i guess HUD. this was kind of right before butch cassidy and cool hand luke and the sting and everything was after this movie yeah those were like the really big ones this was also right before he did it his only hitchcock movie he was in torn curtain not not super great it's okay <laughs> but anyways so Paul Newman's great. Lauren Bacall is great at being sassy in this movie. Yeah, she's pretty <laughs> she's sultry like, and sassy. Yeah. It's good. And she gets to lay down the whole time. I mean, I That's think pretty we awesome. can agree that the best thing about this movie is the name. Harper. <laughs> it is very fun to hear Paul Newman uh, being, people calling him by my name. Yeah, it's <laughs> amazing. It's hours. like you are Paul Newman for two hours. <laughs> Thank you. So I think if people like inherent vice or the long goodbye yeah. definitely fits in those like semi comedic this one's not stoner in any way but it no. fits in that same kind of stoner detective vibe a little bit yeah for sure then you'd probably like this i definitely like the nice guys better yeah they should have just had ryan gosling named harper and then <laughs> that would be even better, better. yeah <laughs> so i ended up giving it three and a half stars uh same for me it's rentable on Amazon and Apple. So, are you ready, Harper? Uh-oh. It's happening. We'd have a lot spliced more apart. We'd have a lot more <laughs> of Harper spliced apart, except nobody wants to hear me talking about a bunch of giallo. Giallo this, giallo that. TV horror movies <laughs> that I watched uh, while I was stuck isolated in the basement by myself. <laughs> At least you got to watch so many movies. Did I watch a lot of movies? I played a whole lot of Elden Ring. <laughs> and while Harper was in the basement, I watched Walkabout, <laughs> which came out in 1971, directed by Nicholas Rogue. A boy and girl face the challenge of the world's last frontier. It's true. They when, do. When they when they get lost in the... In the uh, Outback? Outback. Uh, isn't there another word for for it? Out in the desert, I thought there was another term I'm trying to think of, but anyways, when they get lost, does the does this the music play? Don't want to go with mm. no Coca Cola, no, but there is didgeridoo in like the first 10 Sweet. minutes. Uh, under the pretense of having a picnic, a geologist takes his teenage daughter and six year old son into the Australian outback and attempts to shoot them. <laughs> That's the <laughs> first like five minutes. When he fails, he turns the gun on himself and the two city bred children must contend with harsh wilderness alone. They are saved by a chance encounter with an Aboriginal boy who shows them how to survive and in the process underscores the disharmony between nature in modern life the bush that's what i was thinking of oh okay like he went out to the bush <laughs> um starring jenny aguder uh a as gooder. a gutter she is the nurse from uh oh american, american werewolf. werewolf luke rogue who is apparently the son of the director <laughs> tracks david gulp gopili who i'm pretty sure he's shown up in a lot of uh, Australian films. He was in The Last Wave, Australia, The Right Stuff. He's like your go-to Aboriginal actor. Yeah. <laughs> he is the Graham Greene of Australia. 
Is that who I'm talking about? Graham Greene? Wait. The Native American guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were so silent. You didn't like my joke. I'm sorry. Oh, now I'm all I didn't understand what you were trying to say. I'm sorry. Oh, Harper wasn't even But there's other. There's so many other... <laughs> there's like three Native American people that show yeah. up in everything. Graham well, Greene's one Well, in Australia, it's this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in New Zealand, it's... It's... Uh, <laughs> it's t- uh, oh, man. Tamora Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this one was weird. I didn't really know to expect. I've seen it like on the Criterion collection before and a lot of people really like it and it has a good rating. Uh, and from the description, I didn't know it was going to start off so dark because <laughs> I thought maybe they just have like a car accident and get lost or something and the dad somehow dies. But mm-hmm. no, it's like he's going out there to murder his children. Mm. So like, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dark. Um, and then, so, uh, it has a lot of kind of like abstract elements too, which makes the storytelling a little more unique. Um, it's not actually, it is, it's like the last wave kind of Mm. where there's like more like visual things going on in between like the narrative parts. Yeah. Um, it's essentially a coming of age film, but like in a survivalist movie and it's a coming of age film in three different perspectives because Mm. you have like the Aboriginal boy who's trying to become a man. Like that's what they're like, they go on, they go on walkabouts to become a man and come back later after if they survive. And then there's the little boy who's like six and he's interesting because he kind of balances between like, like the girl is very like, I miss baths and stuff like that. Like she's having her own like coming of age thing because like she has to be a girl out in the middle of the woods with like two boys and yeah. like they don't really understand what she's going through. But then the little boy, he's kind of like balancing between them because he's young enough that like he like wants to play with his toys, but then he's also like trying to spear stuff with a like his spear to catch yeah. food because he like he's trying to learn from the other kid. But it's interesting because they don't speak the same language. Yeah. So the little boy is like he's figuring out how to communicate with the Aboriginal boy, but um because the older sister is always like, well, you can talk to him, like you figure it out or tell him we have to like go to a house. So they might they like draw pictures in the sand and like mm, or draw on cool. the walls and stuff um and like try to figure out how to communicate with him with this huge language barrier um there are a lot of depressing moments though throughout the entire film (laughs) so i won't spoil it but there's some intense stuff going on it's like wow this is like a a weird movie to have like kids be in (laughs) so you're telling me it's not like the opening of who am i when Jackie Chan lives with indigenous people and like makes not an, quite like he that. makes an <laughs> ivy out of a coconut and yeah, <laughs> it's not like that. No, Aww. and then I've there's probably a lot that I'm missing between like the relationship between the British and the Aboriginal Australian people. Yeah, because there is like another moment where they get close to sort of civilization and the the um. It's like this weird family. It looks like this white couple who have just adopted a ton of like Aboriginal kids and they're (laughs) making them make stuff to sell for tourists. So I'm like, there's probably like a weird thing going on with that. That sounds like Atlanta. (laughs) Sounds weird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't think it'll be for everyone because it is. I mean, there's not that much 
like happening. It's just them walking through the desert. Did did you like this more or less than um the only other one of his we've seen is uh Don't Look Now, right? And the man who fell to earth and the oh, witches. Right. Oh right, right. I always yeah. This is definitely I mean, I think it's similar to the man who fell to earth and don't look now compared to the witches. Like yeah, the witches is so like, weird. what? That's really weird that he did that. Um, but it's been so long since I've seen don't look now. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was weird. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't he like has it this I weirdness to him, <laughs> especially like man who fell to earth. I remember that one being weird. Yeah. Too. That one's probably need, needs a rewatch. That was a very long time ago. We watched that. So, yeah, it's definitely more of an artsy film, but not like, uh, not that like crazy or abstract. Yeah. There's just like little elements that really help. But if you like coming of age stories, I think you should watch it. Yeah, I want to see it for sure. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, there's some depressing moments. <laughs> Is anybody named Harper in it? No, they're oh, just called girl. Not minus points. White boy and black boy. <laughs> really according to letterbox wow <laughs> yeah we don't even learn their names wow and then i there is a part at the very end where um you kind of see the girl older and she's like in her like modern apartment mm. maybe married and her like kind of thinking back on stuff so hmm. it, it's very weird <laughs> how old is the american world nurse in this? i feel like she must be like 14 or 15. Have we seen her in other stuff besides American Royal? I really like her in American Apparently Royal she's in lot. Child's Play 2. <laughs> Is she the the mom who like adopts Andy? I don't know. Huh. Maybe. I haven't seen that movie and in a And she's long in time. Darkman? Uncredited? That's weird. <laughs> so yeah, she's in a lot of stuff we haven't seen. But she looks exactly the same in this. That's cool. Also, it's only 95 minutes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite. Instantly gains interest in my ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is Walkabout. I gave it four stars. It is currently on Criterion. Cool. Next movie, Brain Dead. Not to be confused with Dead Alive slash Brain Dead slash whatever else. This is not the Peter Jackson based Brain on, Dead. Based on the poster, not to be confused with Doctor Who. Or From Beyond. <laughs> Um, so this came out in 1990, directed by Adam Simon. You have nothing to lose except your mind. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in a battle of man versus machine, Martin, a top neurosurgeon who's studying brain malfunctions, <laughs> studying brain. Brain. Uh, <laughs> I study brain. I'm a doctor of brain. <laughs> I like brains. Uh, in malfunctions that cause mental illness, he delves deep into his own mind to save himself from a megalomaniac, maniacal corporation. <laughs> Starring... Bill Pullman. There you go. Bill Paxton. <laughs> Bud Court. I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, we like <laughs> He's <Bud> okay. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Pryor, Patricia Charbonneau, George Kennedy, Brian Brophy. Uh, that's probably everybody. John Paxton. Mm. Is he real of the Paxtons? He doesn't, probably. he's really old. I don't know. Doesn't look like him. Uh, anyway, brain dead. What are your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was okay. It was a little, um, little disappointing. 
I did get my hopes up for this one because I was like, this is going to be great. It's going to be crazy because I watched the trailer and I was like, what? Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton? Well, and I've seen this poster and we've even seen people like cosplay this at Dragon Con for Mm -hmm. years. And it's so misleading because the poster makes it look, A, a lot sillier than the movie ends up being. And B, it also, like, that part with, like, the stretched face thing. It's is, like a half a second. <laughs> yeah, it's like a tiny part of one scene. It never comes back. It's not what the movie's about. Yeah. Like, it looks very much, like, based on the poster and description and stuff, it sounds kind of like Reanimator. That's what I was expecting. So, yeah, I was a little disappointed because I thought, like... Honestly, it's more like something like Jacob's Ladder or something, but a well, much, my... much less serious version, but... I said it's a low budget remake of Hourglass Sanatorium. <laughs> yeah, to get real artsy. Real yeah, um, but it's not as polished. <laughs> no. So I and I also thought it has a lot of elements like, oh, this on paper should be a cult classic. It should be something we all love. And then you watch it, and it's like something just doesn't work. It's missing something. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. A lot it's more just, serious than it needs to be. It's just fine. Um, like. I don't know. Also, uh, we watched the SHIT version. That's true. <laughs> it was like a VHS copy. Yeah, it did basically. Not look very good. Uh, I do like that they constantly talk about brains and that there's a big wall of brains in jars. And a brain credit theme song. Yes. <laughs> we love them brain credits. I mean, you want a brain rap. It's like yeah. brain damage, brain damage, brain, brain damage. Dead. I mean, brain dead. <laughs> brain dead. I can't remember how it goes. But basically, we watched another movie like this recently where, like, instead of just, like, writing a rap about the movie, yeah. they just have a song, and then they just play, like, samples of dialogue sort of yeah. in rhythm with the music. Like, <laughs> My very brain vaguely. hurts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brain dead. Um, it's pretty funny, though. Yeah. Um. So, not our favorite I did. It's funny that Bill Pullman keeps showing up in these like lower horror movies, though, lower budget ones, because I always just think of Independence Day president Bill Pullman. Yeah, I <laughs> not to... obscure like Serpent in the Rainbow yeah, and to... body de- or brain dead. Yeah. So it's weird that he keeps showing up and stuff. My next Bill Pullman pick is probably going to be Zero Effect. What's that? <laughs> it has him and Ben Stiller. And Ryan O'Neill, and he's like a private investigator, but he uh, he's like really crazy and weird. <laughs> Who directed that one? Jake Kasdan. Yeah, that's that's Lawrence Kasdan's son, I think, isn't it? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure we like Lawrence Kasdan <laughs> in this house mostly. So we'll see if that one's any better as I dive through Bill Pullman's early career <laughs> filmography. <laughs> <laughs> One day we're, you know, we have Bill Paxton's first movie. We've owned it for years. Yeah, and now Tiger it. Mountain. Yeah, but Taking Tiger, Taking of Tiger Mountain or whatever. Yeah, then we'll go through all of Bill Paxton's stuff. <laughs> um, I gave Brain Dead a three out of five. I gave it three as well. It's currently on Tubi and Roku Channel and Shout Factory. And it looks terrible. It might look <laughs> better on the Shout Factory because I think that's their Blu-ray. Yeah, it must be But the other version there. that we watched was really bad looking. It sure was. So, next movie. It's another new one. Ding, ding, ding. We still don't have a new button. There are so many new movies yeah. this month. We, you, whatever that button would be, you'd all hate it. It would break <laughs> in half. So, we watched The Holdovers, which came out this year, directed by Alexander Payne. 
A curmudgeonly instructor at a New England prep school is forced to remain on campus during Christmas break to babysit the handful of students with nowhere to go. Eventually, he forms an unlikely bond with one of them, a damaged, brainy troublemaker, and with the school's head cook who has just lost a son in Vietnam. Starring... Paul Giamatti, (laughs) (laughs) Dominic Sessa, Divine Joy Randolph, Carrie Preston, Brady Hepner, and Ian Dolly. Yeah, I don't know if I really recognized anybody else. Yeah, it's a very tight Which is crew after everyone leaves. Kind of an Alexander Payne staple, I think. Like he hires like some big ish name people for like one or two of the leads, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the cast tend to be like smaller or even local actors. Yeah. Uh, which I think makes his movies feel a little bit more real most of the time, except for his last god awful one. Yeah. We don't talk about that. <laughs> what did you think of this? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um it was really good. I liked it too. I was seeing the trailer and thinking like, wow, that they really successfully pulled off making it look like a seventies movie. Yeah. Like in the same way that like House of the Devil really looks like an eighties movie. Um but but also thinking like but uh, this is not like the most original idea for a story like yeah I was tr- I was trying to think of I feel like I've seen other movies with the same like left at school with the teacher over the holidays the only one I could think of which is not at all like this obviously is um Black Coat's Daughter but I knew I know there have been others we've seen or at least know about but um but it's there what's really cool about it is how it starts as that kind of like generic thing where you're just like, Oh, he's like the asshole teacher and he's like the smart ass student. I said top tier grumpy old man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> the grumpy, like super academic, uh, pretentious, yeah. obnoxious teacher. Suede elbow pads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like you gradually learn more and more about them and their backstories as things go on and it, they become really, really interesting uh, empathetic characters that you really start care to about. Care. Yeah. Payne does a good job in a lot of his movies. I feel like of making things very funny, but also totally heartbreaking. Yeah. And this one definitely fits in that. Um, there's a, there's a part, I don't want to spoil it cause it's maybe the funniest thing in the whole movie, but the way Paul Giamatti insults this one guy is like one of the funniest <laughs> things I've seen all year. Yeah. You definitely were like, ah, <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> yeah. It is very funny. <laughs> Um, I really liked all the different like family relationship stuff going on because you have like the son who feels abandoned by his family and then you have Paul Giamatti who is like accepts his abandonedness for his whole life and then you have the like mom figure who's trying to figure out where she doesn't want to abandon her son but she had no choice so because he's he died he died yes also, I've been a holdover and it sucks. Wait, where? What do you mean? Because my middle school in New York, they had a huge big field trip that was like a week long and everyone was going to Washington, D.C. and it was going to be amazing and there's going to be a cruise and all this other cool stuff and my parents didn't let me go. So it was me and like five other people just Why? sitting in a room for an entire week. But you know what? We bonded. Oh, boy. We left this as friends. Like the breakfast club? We started as strangers. <laughs> did you start out as a goth and you ended up being a prep? Yes. We did makeovers. I'm just kidding. We did not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my... How have I never my, heard uh, this story? Because I'm, I'm very bitter about it still. <laughs> this is why we travel, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm never being left out again. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> 
Uh, I thought this was really great. It also has excellent music too, which I really like the music. Yeah, I liked how it's film. I like the music. I like all the actors. I wonder if Paul Giamatti will be nominated. I feel like for sure. I wonder if the boy would be too. Well, we know the the woman who played the um, the chef is nominated. She got nominated nominated for for some other stuff. Yeah, some of the precursor. Divine Joy. She's great. Yeah, that whole central cast of the three of them is they're all three really good in this. And this is a great holiday movie. So everyone should go watch it. It is, yeah. It made me cry several times. Yeah. There's some <laughs> so, heartbreaking stuff. Big big stars for Harper. Big feelings. Uh I gave it four stars. I did too. It's not currently streaming. I think you can rent it and I think it's still in theaters, probably for another week or two. Yeah. Um, and that is the holdovers. Uh-oh. Spiced apart. Harper edition. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michelle told me we're not allowed to talk about a movie we watched together called Twisted Nerve. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We took it off our list. You can watch it if you like. If you like uh, very, uh, very fun. Lots of talks about mongoloidism. No, don't so. even say it. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to be talking about today, though. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Let the Corpses Tan, directed by Elaine Catet and Bruno Forzani. Although I say that with an Italian accent, but they are Belgian (laughs) or French. I'm not sure. I think they're Belgian. Uh, It's the the people who, I don't know if they're married or how the other, or just partnered up for movies, but. They're just best friends. They're the ones, they directed um, uh, 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 Strange Color of Your Body's Tears and A Mare were the other two famous ones they did. I've seen A Mare. I like A Mare. Did I see Bodies? I feel like you told me you had started... No, no, no. I always get it mixed up with... I started Blue is the Warmest Color. No, I always get it mixed up with the other one by Shane, um, the guy that did Primer. Oh, damn it. What is his other movie called? Oh, you look this up for it me. It doesn't matter. The guy that did Primer. Uh, but anyways... Um, so Let the Corpses Tan is, uh, well, here, I'll give you the tagline and stuff. Who shall live and who shall die? He did Upstream, Upstream Color. Upstream Color. I that started one, that and I was like, no. Yeah, I always get that mixed <laughs> up with Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> so all their movies are very, like, heavily Giallo-inspired and very, like, ultra-stylized, like, to a point where some people think it's, like, ridiculous. Um, I like it. Um says, uh, with a heavy haul of 250 kilograms of gold bullion, the the grizzled uh, criminal mastermind Rhino and his ruthless gang of cutthroats head to a ramshackle retreat somewhere in the Mediterranean to lay low on a scorching day of July. However, the unexpected and rather unwelcome arrival of the bohemian writer Bernier, his muse Lucy, L-U-C-E, how do you say that name? Luch? Lucy? Lucy, I guess. Maybe. Uh, Along with a pair of no-joke Gendarmes, which I had to look up what that means. It's like police officers. Um, further complicates things as the frail allegiance, allegiances will soon be put to the test. So, um, and it has a bunch of people in it. Uh, Alina Lowenson is the only one that I feel like, yeah, I recognized her because she's, um, she's in Schindler's List and Knife Plus Heart and Very Long Engagement um, and a couple other things. But um, this uh, basically is like a West, it's like their take on a Western and the cool thing about this movie is that it takes place basically over one day mm. and you're constantly getting updates on like what time it is. They're like basically every time like a gun fires, like the the gunshots like cut off by like a big a title screen that says like what time it is. 
And then it will cut to like somewhere else where they're hearing the gunshot and we see like their side of what's happening. And so you're constantly like, you get a really good sense of um, like where everything's laid out and where, where people are and what's happening at all times. And it's just really interesting to kind of try and give this like omniscient perspective of, of basically like an extended like shootout slash hostage situation. Um, it's, so it's really fun and you get these just like, of course, because it's their style, these like crazy, like ultra close ups and these really like insane shots that probably took them forever to get right. And the Foley is like super loud and crazy. There's like the, one of the lead guys, bad guys wears all leather and it's just like, (laughs) I wrote, I wrote in my review, this is like leather creeks, the movie. You love leather creeks, the Um, movie. (laughs) But it's like, it's also weird because you're getting like the cops versus robbers, but somewhere in the middle are these like hip hipster art, art, like not hipster, but like super bohemian weird art people. And they keep cutting back to like their weird, like performance art things and, (laughs) Yeah, and they all they're like the, the the main woman she's one of the she's the artist um the muse <laughs> or whatever but she's always in the performance art but she's always she's constantly like taunting the cops she hates the cops even though these other guys have basically taken them hostage yeah um i don't know so this was really fun i really enjoyed this i liked it a lot better than a mayor actually so why are the corpses tanning well it's like because the dead people they're they're like out in the sun in the hot uh. it's a hot day very hot day. Okay. So there are corpses tanning for real. Yeah. I mean, the people who get shot, their bodies are just like laying out <laughs> in the sun. Um, I think you'd probably like this one. You definitely like it better than you, a mare. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool, which is why I've watched a bunch of movies this month by myself. Cause I had the COVID, mm. um, and was stuck living in a basement like a monster. You loved it. You loved your, I loved gruel. it for like the first two or three days. And yeah, then, I and then you're like, I was like, like I hate a hug everything. now. <laughs> um, but anyways, I gave it four stars. That's wow. Let the Corpses Tan from 2017. Very cool movie. Is it streaming? Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's on Tubi, Hoopla, and Canopy. Cool. Highly recommended. So next movie. Twisted we watched... Nerve. <laughs> no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> uh, new movie, Thanksgiving. Came out 2023, directed by Eli Roth. There will be no leftovers. <laughs> Which, when, except now there is because they're making a sequel. Yeah, when the killer says that in the movie is maybe the best part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, there will be. They're no like, there will be after <laughs> Great. After a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the holiday. Picking off residents one by one, what begins as random revenge killings are soon revealed to be part of a larger, sinister holiday plan. Starring Neil Verlach, Patrick Dempsey, Addison Ray, Milo Manham, Heim, Jalen Thomas Brooks, Gabrielle Davenport, Tommaso Senelini, Jenna Warren. I know there are some other random people, well, but I don't see them. I feel names. like I recognize some of the adults, but none of the kids. Yep, and that's because when I looked it up, it was like <laughs> half of the kids are like TikTok stars, uh, not actors. That's weird. <laughs> like, wow. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. We are old. Yeah. So Thanksgiving. T- you tell me what you thought about this and since I just talked a bunch. I thought it was a fun slasher holiday themed film, which there are so few of those. We need a good Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, holiday themed there are lots. Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah. not so many. Um, I I feel like the movie starts off really strong and funny. Also, this is based on his fake trailer in, in yeah. something, right? You wanna, yeah, you want to hear something funny? I read yeah. the trivia. 
He said the way they decided to write it was like as if that movie was made like in the 70s. Was it Planet Terror that had that? I mean, just in or, between the two. Yeah. Um, that that Thanksgiving movie did come out in the 70s and then this is like somebody was deciding to make like a remake of it. Yeah, like a yeah. modern remake of it. Okay. Which is like, okay, yeah, because that's a clever way to do it where you don't feel like beholden to that original trailer. Yeah. So I... I did think the beginning was probably the strongest part. It was a lot of high energy, funny stuff that was just so chaotic. Like the more you watch, the better it got. Like the kills were gross and gory. And the whole theme was insane because it's basically like a Walmart on Black Friday and all the insane people like losing their minds. Yeah. People die. It's like really ridiculously crazy ways. ways. (laughs) Um, So I just kind of wish that that energy had been throughout the entire film because the stuff with the younger kids, like trying, like starting to get picked off one by one by the killer, is like I'm less interested in that. And I wish it was more about just people losing their minds on Thanksgiving. (laughs) It definitely, the opening felt much more like comedic than the rest of the movie did. Like the um, beginning felt like a funny short and then they had the real movie after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, but there are a lot of great gory kills. Yes. Um, there are some funny moments. I think the pacing is a bit off and it's not the best written and maybe it's a little obvious who the killer is, but it's yeah, still a lot we, of fun. I guessed it pretty early. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I agree with all that, that like it's not like that amazing of a movie but and it has some problems, but... Uh, I feel like we haven't seen like I, I mean somebody I'm sure is gonna tell me I'm wrong but like I feel like the last good slasher was Scream 4 and that was yeah. like 12 years ago <laughs> uh, this is the first one that like ticks off all the boxes of like a fun slasher without falling into like a bunch of the like really obnoxious pitfalls yeah. that a lot of them do Um, so yeah I mean this totally fits would be like a movie that in a few years will be like you know a, a kind of a classic neo slasher I do think the sequel should basically just be like that bear episode where they're all eating. Oh. <laughs> that oh, should yeah. just be the whole movie. It's, yeah, or it it's like about, family drama be instead. about like political talk at the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis crashes her car through the... <laughs> your next is kind of that, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> is that is that a Thanksgiving movie too? I don't... I think it's more uh, Christmas, maybe. I don't know. I, I haven't remember. seen it in so long. Yeah, I really like that movie. Oh, Wedding Anniversary. Mm. So sorry. Okay. It's not. Oh, how could I forget? It's Barbara Crampton's wedding anniversary, right? Isn't she the mom? <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, but Thanksgiving was fun. I, I did really enjoy it. Uh, Cabin in the Woods was a good slasher. But even that yeah, was a long time a, ago. Yeah. That uh, was 2012. Well, yeah, that was only one year after Scream 4. Yeah, I just typed in, like, slashers, last 10 years, Strangers 2. <laughs> I like that I one. I mean, there's one really good scene. I don't know if the whole movie's great. Dream Helm. Helm. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, that was a really good one. I forgot about that. Yeah, not yeah, too many. Really cool. There's a lot of generic stuff. Yes. Um, you have any thoughts on Thanksgiving? I mean, besides the ones I just gave, I don't think so. Will there be more leftovers? <laughs> Uh, no, we watched this, what, the night before Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope people get a chance to go see this during, around the holiday, because it was, it's, it was a fun way to, to do Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I gave it three and a half. I did too. It's still in theaters, I think, so it'll probably take a while to sh- before it streams. Yeah, but it's worth seeing in a theater. Mm-hmm. It's, it would be more fun to see with a crowd than by yourself. If you're strong probably. enough. <laughs> if you're strong enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I've been quoting Men in Black constantly. <laughs> Just that GIF. <laughs> Is it worth it? Of course it's worth it. Keep we need to add that to the soundboard. Why did they turn the water off? <laughs> Somebody watch The Fugitive. <laughs> Why did they turn the water off? <laughs> um, okay, right. next movie. Think me up a sandwich and a coffee. Think me up. Think, I thought that's what I said. Yeah, chocolate <laughs> sprinkles. <laughs> All right, so we watched, guess what? Another new movie. Yeah, get used it's to crazy. It. We were cramming in so many new movies in the last month of it the is, year. It is insane. <laughs> it's we watched more in December than like it's probably like a third of the movie new movies for the year were this month. <laughs> yeah. So this one is American Fiction, which came out American in, Fiction. What was that? Wasn't that American Honey? I have no idea. American <laughs> Honey. Uh, or did I make that up? I think you made that up. Um, directed by Cor <laughs> Jefferson. So, American Fiction is about Thelonious Monk Ellison's writing career has stalled because his work isn't deemed black enough. Monk, a writer and English professor, writes a satirical novel under a pseudonym aiming to expose the publishing world's hypocrisies. (laughs) Uh, The book's immediate success forces him to get deeper enmeshed in his assumed identity and challenges his closely held worldviews. Starring Jeffrey Wright, Tracy Ellis Ross, Erica Alexander, Leslie Ogums, Ogums? Sterling K. Brown, Myra Lucretia Taylor, John Ortiz, Izzo Wright, Adam Brody, Skylar Wright. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to do this when you said Sterling Brown. <laughs> I didn't even see them in that much stuff. Uh, well, we mostly saw him in TV series when he in the... Um, the OJ, the OJ show. Yeah, OJ. <laughs> I like the juice a lot. is back on the loose. <laughs> yeah, juice is loose again. Yeah. Um, what do you think about American Fiction? I was hopeful for this, but didn't really like it. Yeah, I thought it was it's okay, but there's something going on that just doesn't work for me. Well, I think it kind of falls down to like you can tell it's like guy's first movie yeah because it tonally is just uh it's all over the place it yeah. couldn't decide what genre it wants to be but yeah, then i agree based on the ending it's like was this the intent the entire time or not well it's so the way i wrote about it is that like the central idea is really funny and pretty clever um Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like, I think the idea with like, so the we're, what we've been hinting at about the tonal thing is that like, that's like half the movie or maybe even a third really, it, which is like, like the pitch of the movie. Yeah. And then the rest of it is like this dramatic, like family, family slash stuff. relationship drama, um, which is not particularly funny. And, but I think the idea there is to try and like, okay, here's like what a t- totally different example of, of like a black family and black relationships than what he's making fun of. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, like his brother's a gay plastic surgeon who just came out as gay and lost his family and all that is going through a divorce. And, uh, you know, his mom's going through dementia, but it's like a, a very well, see, like for me, academic. That all felt like too much too, which is why I was like, literally everything in his life, like everybody's lives are falling apart. Like it's too much drama yeah, to agree. take I, in. I totally agree. <laughs> like well, his yeah. sister passes away immediately. It's like, yeah, what that is was happening? Yeah, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like that stuff would have worked fine if the comedy had carried over to that, but mm-hmm. it doesn't like that stuff is not particularly, it's not really funny at all. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of weird. And then there's almost kind of like a third movie in there, a third kind of tone. <laughs> 
within the comedy where there's only, it's only in like two scenes in the movie where they do this like really meta stuff. Yeah. Like Keith David is in the movie. He's in one scene. Yeah. And it's basically when he first starts to write the novel, it's like these characters just like appear in his like office and I they're like talking to each that. other. And it's like, that's really funny and clever. It feels yeah. very like almost um, Charlie Kaufman-esque a little bit. And there's a scene at the end that's like that too that's very meta. Um but like they only do that that those two times, and so it's like, man, why didn't you just do this the whole time? This is a great yeah. Idea. They stuck more with the original thing and the ending, which I think worked, um, and kind of like you said, just bring in the comedic points into the family stuff because like the family stuff is so ridiculous that it's all happening at the same time. Like this, this should well, be a joke of itself. It's like, and they both kind of undercut each other. Yeah. Like the drama is not, it might be good except that like it's intercut with like really funny scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny scenes are kind of odd because they're, they're undercut by these like really serious dramatic scenes. It's yeah. just sort of weird. It is all and, over the place. <laughs> well, and the concept's really funny, but it's also the whole time I was just, I kept thinking just like, man, Hollywood shuffle did this better like 35 years yeah, ago. Hollywood shuffle is definitely the better version of this yeah it's a very 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 similar story you know this is like more about publishing and mm-hmm. that one's about movies obviously but the same a lot of the same ideas but yeah it's just the movie doesn't it's not really focused enough i yeah. think is the problem i agree um, could have been great yeah and there's this whole other part where like there's a wedding the maid gets married. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we focusing so much time on this? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> that that really contributed anything to the story. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. So I ended up just giving it three stars. Yeah. Um, just two bags. We'd heard good things. Yeah, the trailer made it look a bit better than what we were we ended up with. <laughs> yeah. So three stars, still in theaters, uh, not streaming yet. And what's not in theaters, Michelle? I gave it three stars, too. I can't remember if I said that. You didn't. I bought a vampire motorcycle. You did? Yes. Wow. In 1990, directed by Dirk Campbell. (laughs) Most motorcycles run on petrol. This one runs on blood. 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 (laughs) Blood. The blood. When a motorbike gang kills an occultist, the evil spirit he was summoning inhabits a damaged bike. The bike is then bought and restored, but reveals its true nature when it tries to exact revenge on the gang and anyone else who gets in its way. <laughs> Starring Neil Morrissey, Amanda Noir, Michael Elphick, and Anthony Daniels. <laughs> A.K.A. C-3PO. Yeah. <laughs> Not playing C-3PO. First time I think I've ever yeah. seen him in a movie. He has a <clears> face. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I had high hopes for this because I'd heard it's just so quirky Okay, the cover makes it look <clears throat> amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's almost amazing. <laughs> it has some bits that are great. Like, it's funny. The movie's pretty short. What is it, like 85 or 90 mm-hmm. minutes? But, like, if you cut 15 minutes out of this, it could be a total cut cult yeah. classic. Totally. It's just like feels a lot longer than it is. There's like a lot of stuff that is unnecessary. It's very drawn out. Like they're trying is, to get yeah. to a feature length movie. Yeah. Based I agree. on like a short, funny idea. This would be like an excellent 75 minute movie. Um, but instead, it's like an okay 90 minute movie. Yeah. Um, but like the motorcycle kills are really, really funny and fun. Like it grows like spikes and like mm-hmm. the headlight, like. It becomes a mouth teeth. and starts like yeah. chomping people with glass teeth, which is really crazy. It has like a foot hanging out of it at <laughs> one point. Um, 
there's a lot of like really funny, super campy scenes with the priest, yeah, the, aka Anthony Daniels. Yeah, the priest when Father Anthony C. Daniels C. shows up, it gets a lot better because up to that point it was dragging a bit. Um, but there's like campy uh, cult. What do you are cross fades in the oh, shape of a cross it's a, a, a wipe. swipe yeah. yeah it's a cross wipe <laughs> <laughs> and he rides like a huge motorcycle yeah that's a, that's maybe the best scene uh the guy goes to get the priest because he's like i think i need an exorcism and he's like uh i'll give you a ride to my place and the priest's like i can't be seen riding on that like his yeah. motorcycle and then he shows up with like he's got like a three-wheel motorcycle that's like big badass bike yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's like really close to like hitting the same tone as like Evil Dead Two or Dead Alive, but I think because of the pacing so off, it really kills it. Yeah, I mostly I enjoyed the beginning and the end. The middle is mm-hmm. where it just falls apart because yeah, the beginning agreed. is also crazy. There's like a scene where a little turd comes to life and like <laughs> oh my God, I forgot gets stuck about in that. his mouth. It's so disgusting. I was like, oh, he's gonna be like brain damaged. This is like Elmer's totally. cousin or something. It's like the guy poops. And then they never come back to and it. The turd is like this guy who got killed and he's like, help me. Yeah. It's like a dream sequence, but it's like, <laughs> oh, this so is gonna be weird. awesome if the whole movie is Man, weird like I this. Forgot about the talking turd. Forgot about But yeah, so turd. there's uh but then there's like some very slow like sword fighting and stuff at a pub oh, yeah. and it's like this is taking forever. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's just has no bearing on it. So I would simply not buy a vampire motorcycle. I mean, that's a good review. <laughs> yeah. Um I ended up giving it two and a half. Wow. Because it just there's not much i wouldn't revisit this <laughs> well i guess kyle also agreed he gave it a two so mm-hmm. <laughs> we watched it with us uh i gave it three and a half just because i enjoyed it i just it's just too long which is silly for like yeah. a 90 minute movie but i'm glad we i got a chance to watch it i've been mm-hmm. wanting to see this movie for a long time it um, is on canopy yeah we i actually we own the blu-ray <laughs> yeah we are proud owners of my right. vampire motorcycle yep um okay another new movie Saltburn, directed by hey, emerald fennel we got to use the hey ladies a lot this episode emerald fennel do you think she has like an evil twin or her alternate universe named like sapphire um like dillweed <laughs> yes sapphire dillweed sapphire parsley <laughs> Uh, that can't be her real name, right? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, we're all about to lose our minds. I don't like that tagline. Well, that's a terrible tagline. Struggling to find his place at Oxford University, student Oliver Quick finds himself drawn into the world of the charming and aristocratic Felix Catton, who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric, eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. Starring... Amen. Spaghetti Boy... <laughs> no harper didn't laugh i liked it uh-huh. i was trying to think there was some some twitter meme or something where somebody was like oh look at spaghetti boy when he was at like some award ceremony mm. and they got like uh excuse me or no they said it's the saltburn boy and they were like excuse me it's the banshees of inishirin kid and excuse i was thinking, me, excuse you it's spaghetti it's boy spaghetti boy so, starring Barry Cogan, Jacob Ilardi. <laughs> I don't know. Rosamund Pike, Archie Madowick, Richard E. Grant, Allison Oliver, Carrie Mulligan, Paul Reese, uh, Ewan Mitchell. Ooh, I don't know. Some other British people. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> other British people. Yeah. Uh, so, Saltburn. I liked it. 
I'm not in love with it. And the more I think about it, the more issues I find with it. Yes. But while we were watching it, I thought it was beautifully shot. I really like the cinematography and the different like vibe it had going on. But uh, when you think about the actual plot, it gets really thin. Yes. And it's even harder to determine like what the motivation or meaning is behind everything going on Sounds in the movie. <laughs> um, and it's like, is are we supposed to be pitying the rich or poor people evil? Like what's the, what's, what's, what are we going for here? <laughs> this all sounds exactly like the reaction we had to her last movie. Yeah. Promising young woman, which also was like kind of fun and cool until the end. And then we were like, wait, what? I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know what she's trying to say anymore. <laughs> it's very odd. And then we, also, I guess she thinks just teenagers are going to watch this or something because it's a bunch of teens. But she just like we get like a OMG montage. He what was actually happening the whole time? It's like we didn't need that. We know we can figure out pretty obviously what was happening. Well, and they had already <laughs> kind of revealed it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, actually, I really liked. Um, uh, let's see if I can find it really quick. What David Ehrlich uh, was it his? Oh man, I can't find it. But somebody's somebody's review said something like um, that she uh, wanted to have her cake and eat it too, and then also take a dump on the plate. <laughs> 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 Which is very much, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you know, eat the rich, but then it's like, oh, but the rich people are really cool though. <laughs> <laughs> they have really cool lives. Um, but I, it does. I will say, um, I think it captures really well this like conflict between how probably most uh, most people see these like richer cooler better looking people it's like you kind of love and obsess over them and like you know make them into celebrities and whatnot but you also kind of despise them and can't wait to watch them trip up and yeah fall in some kind of scandal or whatever mm-hmm. um so that that kind of works i do like that bit of it um i also thought that like there's a good like tense eroticism that happens in the beginning that really starts to just get silly at some point (laughs) it starts to get a little ridiculous um but yeah i mean the biggest problem i had with it is that the twists quote unquote is totally unnecessary and just like promising young woman exactly like it yeah it really undercuts a lot of what made the movie interesting leading up to it i will say though we get full frontal malnudity. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Actually, that was one thing. You want to see Spaghetti Boy dance naked? This is the movie for you. I did see that just now in, in Erlitz's review. Uh, he said, on second thought, half-cocked probably isn't the right word to describe a film that calls such loving attention to its lead actor's penis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was on the fence about whether I liked the way it was shot, to be honest. I liked it, but I thought our theater was S-H-I-T. Well, I couldn't tell. I don't think it was our theater necessarily. I think that's just the way the movie looked. To me, it looked like a Lomography ad, like it was all shot through plastic lenses. But which, I liked what Promising which, Young Woman looked like I mean, too. I don't, yeah, so. I mean that's true. But uh, to me, it looked like like a like a teenage girl shot it. Like it had that look. Like it would be like a music video for I don't know one of those artists that. Do teenagers you have a problem with teenage like. girls? I mean, yeah, they're really <laughs> annoying. Um, but then again, I could, you could say the same thing about like Virgin Suicides, which I love. Yeah. So I don't know. I couldn't decide whether I liked it or I thought it was a little juvenile. Um, I don't think it was juvenile, but, uh, I forgot. I did actually really like, um, Richard E. Grant, Rosamund Pike and Richard E. Grant. 
And even Carrie Mulligan's very brief uh, yeah. scene. I didn't recognize her at first. I was like, oh my God, that's her. Yeah. <laughs> She's here. <laughs> so I really liked all of their like relationship stuff. But Richard E. Grant, when he's very excitedly explaining karaoke, I was like, that's the best part. The words are on the screen. You don't need to know the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was, was very, funny. very excitable. Um, I just thought, though, you know who this reminds me of from high school? Who? Uh, Robert Belmonte. Mm. This is like what would become is, is of him. Very yes. Yeah. To the T. He, he would definitely become. It's like a total boy. obnoxious <laughs> dork who was who like obsessed with being cool. Worm his way into being <laughs> the cool kids. You're totally right. It's wow. him, right? You think he's listening to our podcast right now? Probably. Wow. I thought about Robert Belmonte <laughs> in a long time. Even his last name sounds like he's just trying to. Sound I know. Cool. Belmonte. Also, a lot of people wow. compare this to. Um, I had the same thought. Uh. Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, totally. It's basically just like a remake of that, right? Yeah, very much so. (laughs) But it's for the Insta generation. Yeah. (laughs) So it seems like a lot of people are mixed on this between... It seems like everyone thinks it's okay and some people like it more. I could be very wrong, but I'd be curious to see where those reviews fall on like the age gap. Yeah. Because I'll bet most of the younger people are loving it and most of the older people are finding it kind of annoying. I think older people would hate this. Yeah. It's too much. <laughs> um, we're not old, though. We're young and cool. We're still so hip. We loved it, obviously. We're still hip. <laughs> uh, I gave it three and a half. Which, I did as well, which seems you'll probably lower it to three. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the same I get Vampire Motorcycle. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I like this more Take than Vampire Motorcycle. <laughs> um, I gave it three and a half. It is not streaming. I think it's still in theaters. So who knows? One day it'll come out. Yes. All right. Another new film. May. (laughs) December. Uh, Directed by Todd Haynes. 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. That really... That doesn't give, tell really you at all what the lead. <laughs> A lot. So their tabloid romance is that she was 36 and started an affair with a... 13-year-old. 13? I thought he might have been 12. He, I think he was right on the edge. I think he was 13. 12, 13-year-old, and then eventually In gets married and like maybe went to jail too. Well, yeah, she had a baby with a 13-year-old. Yeah, and now they are married and have a big family, and Natalie Portman's character is coming to uh, do, do research because she's going to play her in a film. Yeah. What did you think? Did you say who's in it already? I did not. Natalie Portman, Julian Moore, Charles Melton, Gabrielle Chung, Elizabeth Yu, Piper Kurda, Corey Michael Smith, D.W. Moffat, and Chris Ten- Tenzies. Yeah, I don't know if I recognized anybody besides those I think men. they're mostly their kids. Yeah. Uh, I loved this. I thought it was great. Um, it was really good. I mean, this I is... I did like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the most has like the most complex interesting characters in movies this year i think mm-hmm. by a pretty wide margin maybe um uh i mean i thought it was really really smart to take like not to make a movie about the scandal itself but to be like wonder because you do think like wow i wonder what happened to that kid who like his teacher or whoever you know yeah slept with him when he was like 13 years old I wonder what that's like now And that's what this is. Mm -hmm. But then you add the extra layer of like really interesting, like uh, examination of it by having the actress come in. Who's also like, okay, how weird is it? Like 
exploitative of her to like be kind of like, oh no, we're just trying to like tell your story truthfully. And yeah. like, not really. <laughs> uh, she's just like trying to pick little pieces that she can use or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's adding all this tension to their family dynamic and stuff already. Yeah. Natalie Portman's also, character is, she's, she's kind of weird in this too. She's really interesting. <laughs> well, she's the same age that Julianne Moore's character was when she started sleeping with the kid. Yeah. And it's clear that like the the kid, who's not a kid anymore, he's like 30 years mm-hmm. old or whatever, really likes her. <laughs> because, well, yeah, they're the same age. Yeah. Well, because also because they like, uh, she like treats him like a normal person. Yeah. And, it, and is kind of normal. And, Although she kind of uses everyone Oh, for too. sure. Yeah. She's but Julianne Moore's character is like patently like has like serious problems yeah she like has like these huge like mental breakdowns over like little bitty things all the time and like she's just like super emotionally dependent on him and Mm -hmm. uh, you know and he's 30 years younger than her or whatever yeah but it still kind of feels like a mother-son relationship the entire time except every time she gets upset he has to crawl into bed with her yeah it's like put your bugs away you know i don't like them out Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like oh so yeah there's a lot of ick factors for sure this is the ickiest movie (laughs) there's like cool thematic stuff where like you said his bugs he's Mm -hmm. like really into this uh to he uh collects and helps to um what's the word butterflies yeah he's trying to like collect the caterpillars to help them because they're like not in danger, but like yeah. lower numbers or whatever, which is like this whole idea of like transforming into like an adult is kind of under underlying that. And yeah. Um, because yeah, it does seem like when Natalie Portman comes, he's starting to like wonder if it was bad because now he's the age she was and like he has his own kids about right. to go to college. And it's like, well, what if this had happened to my kids? Right. It's like a lot of, there's a very complicated family relationship mm-hmm. stuff going on. Well, and there's like her other kids. Yeah, from there's a before. whole other family. There's the ex-husband. It's like the lawyer and like her other kids are really messed up too. Mm-hmm. Um. What did you think about the score? Because I thought it was one of the weirdest, most interesting things. I actually don't remember it now. I'm surprised you don't. Remember, it it would be like, uh, oh, I don't think we have enough hot dogs. And it was like, oh, yeah, I thought it was weird. Now I do remember. (laughs) It's like, that was really dramatic. It's so (laughs) funny. I can't tell if it's trying to be very dramatic or what happened there. (laughs) I actually looked it up because I was like, for a second, I was like, I think this might be scored by the same guy that did like the Memories of Murder score. Mm. Like, it's a super like... It feels very much like a Korean melodrama score. Um, it feels kind of out of place, but kind of in a funny way. Yeah. Um, and it makes for like an interesting contrast to like these very everyday, everyday things that seem everyday to the characters in the movie, but are like really shocking to us as the as an audience. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was looking at reviews of this and a lot of people think this movie is like really funny, which is strange to me. Like they, it, they a lot of these reviews are saying it's like the campiest performance of the like julianne moore's like super campy performance which is like i wouldn't have thought about it that way i don't think i i didn't really take it that way i didn't either i, I mean there's funny serious, moments i guess <laughs> i agree but i mean i think that might be a sign of a really good movie yeah you can take it in very different ways and mm-hmm. works i thought it was kind of crazy that this movie's written by two guys who prior to this have only written shorts and the both of them are mostly one of them's an editor and one of them's a casting director. This is the that first is feature weird. they've ever written. Isn't that <laughs> they're crazy? just like this is like their dream casting, and they're like, let's write a movie around it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, apparently this was like a Natalie uh, Portman project. Like she was the one shopping it around. She really liked the script and mm. found got Todd Haynes to direct it. But 
Yeah, I thought this was fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. I liked it. It just it has icky stuff. Oh, it's very icky. <laughs> it's icky. <laughs> very icky uh, all around. Because, yeah, you think like, oh, Natalie Portman's like this. She's, she's going to come level-headed, in. She's a level-headed, like, and, no, And she's like, not. she'll treat them with respect. But, you know, behind closed doors, be like, wow, that's really messed up. Yeah. But she's just as, like, exploitative as Julianne Moore is. I think the part ways. where I was like, oh, this is weird, is when she's like, looking at the casting in the movie for uh, the younger yep. kid. And she's like, they're all just too like, like kid. I'm like, I need a kid who's not, very confident in himself. Sexy enough. Yeah. I was like, ew, what like is happening? Yeah. That's the first time. When and you're then like, also she has that <laughs> creepy, like sex thing when the kid in the, at the drama class is asking her like, Oh, what oh, about yeah. sex scenes? And then she goes too far for that. Like she they're gets still like, like sixteen. What are you like talking about? Weirdly, painfully honest about it. Yeah. with all these like, and then high that schoolers. ties back to the end when mm. she's like, "It's becoming real." It's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's oh. Yeah. <laughs> so she's just as icky. <laughs> for sure, definitely. I, think I that's, don't like it. <laughs> I think that's what makes it interesting. She's yeah. she's an outsider, but she's just as weird and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, manipulative as the others. So, great double feature will be May, December, and Little Children. <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. Get your ick on. <laughs> so, I gave it four stars. Uh, I gave it four and a half, actually. And it's currently on Netflix yeah, now. Just came so, out. people can go watch it. Do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just uh, do it. Oh, man. Oh, I forgot. Spliced apart. <laughs> it's another Harper pick. I wasn't going to have know. another one, but I watched this movie's too good not to talk about, and you yeah. really should have come and watched it with me. Um, that is High and Low, directed by an Akura Kurosawa. A Kurosawa? Uh, from 1963. Uh, this is before taglines in Japan because the tagline, <laughs> quote unquote, is from Akira Kurosawa, director of Yojimbo and Sanjuro, comes Yay. a tense talk film of a modern, quote, tense perfect talk. prime. <laughs> With more excitement than even Hitchcock could create. Uh, That's a long time. Yeah, it's longer than the description. That's just a review of the movie. (laughs) An executive of a shoe company becomes a victim of extortion when his chauffeur's son is kidnapped and held for ransom. Um, Starring Toshiro Mifune, Tatsuya Nakadai, Kyoko Kakagawa. Um, I know I recognize some other folks. Um, But uh, those are the main... Yeah, I mean, Toshiro Mifune is the main character for sure. Um, so yeah, so here's the real, like the setup. So yeah, he's like this uh, guy who works for a shoe company and the beginning of the movie, he, um, basically they're like all the other guys on the board of this company are trying to do like a hostile takeover. They want to like throw the boss out and they need his vote to do that because he has like a certain amount of shares or whatever. But what they don't know is that he's also been buying up shares from other people so that he can take over the company himself. And he's like mortgaged like everything they own to buy these shares. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like the initial setup is like, okay, we're, we're broke right now. Like we, I, like we owe like literally millions of dollars, but we're now we're going to own the company. And so it'll make up for it. And then as that's happening, he gets a phone call that his kid's been kidnapped and he's like, well, I don't have the money to pay. Like I have the money, but it would literally like we'd be homeless. Yeah. Um, and so, and he's immediately like, of course I'll pay it. And then uh, like, yeah, well, anything, where do I take the money or whatever? And then they're like, oh, whoops. 
the kidnapper accidentally took the chauffeur's son because mm. they were playing cowboys and Indians and they had swapped costumes. And mm. so the chauffeur's son, and then he's like, Ooh, should I pay it? <laughs> like, it's like my <laughs> whole life, mind. my whole yeah. life is going to be ruined if I do this. Uh, but this little kid will be safe. Mm. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, so I don't want to spoil how that part goes down, but that's only like the first act of the movie because then it becomes like this police procedural where they're trying to figure out who did it. And then they figured out. And then the last act is like them trying to like trap this guy. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're like, Oh, he doesn't deserve to just go to jail for 15 years for kidnapping. He needs to go. He needs to be like sentenced to life for the other parts of this that I won't uh, spoil. Um, so they're setting up like a sting operation. So it gets really complex and it reminded me a whole lot of like something like Zodiac. Like it's mm. a really good dark uh, detective procedural uh, in that second half. Um, and there's really complex uh, characters and it's a really interesting time and place for the movie to be taking place. Cause it's like, you know, it's all about like the, those with money and those without and, and, you know, the transition between one to the other, it's just really, really interesting and really well done. Um, I think you would love this movie. And honestly, we could have watched it for our noir episode probably, and it would have been a good fit. Yeah. Um, it's black and white except for one shot, which That's is really weird. weird. It is really <laughs> weird. Uh, it feels very out of place. Um, but yeah, that's high and low. That's a great Kurosawa movie that I had. I've seen this before, but it had been a very long time. Yeah, um, I can't remember which ones of his I've seen. You've seen Seven Samurai. Yeah, you haven't seen that many, honestly, probably. Seven Let Samurai. Maybe I... Throne of Blood. Did you watch that with me? That's the Macbeth one. Rashomon, Seven oh, Rashomon, Samurai. I maybe saw Ron. You would remember it. It's like three I hours long. I haven't logged anything Super colorful. Else, so I have no idea. Wow. Yeah, we got it. Unless this... I saw it before I started logging stuff. It'd be fun to do a Kurosawa like little marathon or fest someday. Because there's, I mean, I've seen a lot of his movies and I've still probably seen less than half. Like he's made yeah. so many movies and a lot of them are very, very good. Yeah. I had forgotten about this one and it might be one. It's one of my favorites now for sure. I give it four and a half stars. Wow. Um, you can watch it on HBO Max or the Criterion channel. Yay, Criterion. What's next? Next up is another new movie. Oh, boy. We got three more for you. <laughs> it's, they're all new. <laughs> all of Us Strangers, 2023, directed by Andrew Hai. Hey, Hoff. Haig? Haig. I have no idea. All of Us Hurt, All of Us Hope, All of Us Love. One night, screenwriter Adam, in his near-empty tower block in contemporary London, has a chance encounter with his mysterious neighbor, Harry, that punctures the rhythm of his everyday life. As Adam and Harry get closer, Adam is pulled back to his childhood home where he discovers that his long-dead parents are both living and look the same age as, they, as the day they died over 30 years ago. Starring Andrew Scott, Paul Mescal, Jamie Bell, Claire Foy, Carter John Grout, and Amy Tridia. It's a hard movie to uh, to describe in like two sentences, I think. <laughs> yes, it is complicated. His parents appear the same age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> I really, really like this one. I thought it felt super real in a very unreal atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like all the characters are supernatural together. They have great chemistry, which is what I heard. Um, and I think the like, backstories are super interesting too and i like that they don't sugarcoat anything or gloss over like True. what would a mom from the 80s really think about her son coming out to her like 
based on like like he doesn't like glor- like make up in his mind like oh she'd be so accepting and stuff it's, it's like no it's like just it's like that, awkward it's just like that scene in for all mankind <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. wait don't tell me you're a lesbian yeah. what <laughs> um so i really enjoyed like just their conversations and sort of like him not making up these like magical things in his head about what yeah. they would say and I don't know how spoilery we should yeah, get or I, not. Yeah, we probably shouldn't. Um, yeah, because it's still pretty new and not really available. Yeah. So we won't spoil too much. We'll just be very vague. Yeah, it's hard for me to give my full feelings about it without spoiling it, but I will do my best. Yeah. Um, I I mostly agree with you. I mostly really liked it. There was, it's like the first two thirds I really, really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a point when it turns when, so it's like what I really liked about it is that like this whole, sad, this whole setup thing, this very like magical realism thing yeah. where like he goes to his childhood home and his parents are still there and he can have conversations with them. And it's like, that's really interesting, especially when it's that like vague, when there's not like rule, it's not like, it seems like they're hinting that maybe he's a screenwriter. And I think he even says he's writing mm-hmm. something about his parents. And so you get the idea without them hitting you over the head with it. Like, Oh, okay. Maybe this is just like in his imagination, the way he's like, you know, writing them is like to go and talk with them like in his head. Yeah. And then there's a point when the movie turns when it's less like vague, when like the real world kind of trickles into it and, and you're, and there start to be kind of rules around it. Like, Oh Yeah. Like, and that's to me, it gets a little less interesting at that point. It bothered me a lot when we watched it. The more I've thought about it, the less it bothers me. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's kind of just a little funky. I get less excited about it that when it yeah. makes that turn. Um, so I, I don't want to spoil anything else about that. But um, I do think the performances in the movie are fantastic. All four of the leads are yeah. really good. Really good. Um, and it's like, I don't know. I think it's an interesting like meditation on like the people in our lives who are gone or who we maybe never even got a chance to meet. We just kind of passed on the street or whatever, how those kind of absences of people can also have like a huge effect on your life and who you are as a person. Yeah. Um, so th- it's a really interesting way to kind of talk about that. Um, I felt like petite maman was that last year or the year before? I think it was last year. was kind of, I don't know about a better version of this, but that like more, that like worked better for me in terms of like this magical realism that like you, they never explained it. It never like, it never is a point where like, oh, it's just like her doll that she's been talking to or like, you know, they don't ever try and explain it or like, you know, give it like structure. Whereas yeah. in this, they definitely do towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um but it's still left pretty ambiguous in a lot of ways, for sure. And I think there's different ways you can interpret what was yeah. actually happening. So Definitely. But um, it's a little... Yeah, I guess I should. I, I wanted to give a. I I was like, I could talk about more, but right, then I'd I'm spoil a, it. I'll give one... This sentence is like the vaguest of spoilers, so skip forward 15 <laughs> seconds. But it's like if in Fight Club, Edward Norton found out that he is Tyler Durden, but then he also found out that he is also a a figment of somebody else's imagination. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) It's like, okay, I was cool with the first twist. I was going to say my spoilery thing. It reminded me a lot of a ghost story. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So, but yeah, no more spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. We're past spoiler territory. Yeah. Uh, I gave it four stars. I did too. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if some people get nominated for I this. feel like we've watched a bunch of stuff this month that are probably going to get, that I would like to see get some nominations. I think both of the lead actresses in May, December too. Problem is that I don't know how widely accessible this one was. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I don't even know if it came out in theaters. I don't know. Anyway, all of us strangers, see ya. It's it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. All right. Here we go. Uh, where is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to have so, a finger on the right button for this yeah. one. Next movie, Bo is Afraid. That is one big pilot. S-H-I-T. <laughs> and that's directed, all we're going to say yeah. about it. No, directed kidding. by Ari Aster. From his darkest fears come the greatest adventure. Comes the greatest adventure. A paranoid man embarks on his epic odyssey to get home to his mother. Starring Joaquin Phoenix, Patty Lapone, Amy Ryan, Nathan Lane, Kyle Rogers, Denise Manashot, Parker Posey, <laughs> Richard Kind. Why Parker Posey scene? Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's barely. Maybe at. Mark Duplass. You remember who Bill scene. Hader is? Uh, no. <laughs> He's the UPS driver that oh, calls yeah. him. <laughs> I was like, sound, everyone on the phone sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, okay. So some people like this. Some people hate it. We are in the... <clears throat> it did hurt. I didn't like it. Group. <laughs> be maybe angry. And uh, how much I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I, I knew... I went in with low expectations and somehow it still broke my expectations. Well, and I should have lowered them even more. <laughs> here's the thing. The... For me, anyways, the first like half hour, maybe even like 40 minutes, I actually was really enjoying it. I was like, oh, maybe maybe this is for me. And, and maybe the reviews just, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, because it's like that opening kind of sequence when it's like in his apartment complex. It's like the perfect example of like how a person with like extreme anxiety thinks it's like the w- worst possible thing keeps constantly happening yeah. and getting worse and worse in a way that's like pretty funny like i actually laughed a bunch during that first section it's like he has to run into his apartment because like there's some crazy dude that's always like running at him when he tries to go home and like um uh somebody keeps sliding notes under his door saying like please stop playing the loud music (laughs) and it's like he's not playing Mm -hmm. any music at all and the guy just keeps getting more aggressive about it it's like that stuff was really funny and worked for me and oh and on the news there's like Oh, yeah, the birthday suit stabber is out yeah. on the streets again. It's like some <laughs> naked guy that runs around stabbing people. Yeah. is like out, hanging outside his apartment, <laughs> staring at him. Like all that stuff was really funny and worked pretty well for me. But then it's like the movie 100% switches gears. Mm-hmm. He like gets hit by a car and it's like, okay, then there's this like long section when he's being taken care of, but maybe like kind of imprisoned in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, I think it was imprisoned. By like this weird family who had lost their, their son at, and like their son was a veteran who died at in Iraq or whatever. No, it was some made up country. Oh, was it? It was like Kakakrowski or something. I, <laughs> I don't didn't know. It that. might not be. It could be real, but it sounded um, made up. <laughs> and then there's like a whole section where he's like in with this weird cult th- theater troupe in the woods, and they do this <sighs> That's entire when I was like, no. <laughs> section where it's like a play that ends up being like about him in a play. In a weird he met way. it and within that. <laughs> and then there's like a whole thing where he finally gets home to his mom's house and like has this weird, awkward sex scene with Parker Posey. Mm -hmm. And then he goes in the attic and there's like a giant penis. uh, penis. (laughs) And uh, then like this weird trial thing. It's like... It just doesn't stop. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I enjoyed that first little bit. And then after that, the word that just kept echoing in my head over and over again was (laughs) 
unbearable. This is unbearable. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can genuinely finish this movie. Yeah. It was so just pretentious and like weird for weird sake in a way that was not fun. It was just like, when is this going to end? I was, yeah, I feel like, because we watched it in two parts, mm-hmm. which I guess worked against us because yeah. now it's like, oh, the first part was okay. We watched half first of it. First half was definitely better. And then it was like, oh my God, there's still an hour and a half left. And like, as soon as you get to the woods with the thespians, I was just like dying inside because in one of my photo classes in college, one of the girls' project ideas was, I want to just get a bunch of friends and go into the woods and have this big theatrical play. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me? You were me? watching it. Was your yes. friend Ari Aster? Yes. He was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, this is... So after that, I was like, this is just art school bullshit. S-H-I-T. <laughs> like, there's nothing else to it. It's just so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, the beginning felt like it had a point. It's like, okay, this is like a cinematic expression of anxiety. You know, just have the beginning... And I mostly like the stuff in the house minus the attic stuff, oh, okay. like him having his conversations with his mom. Oh, in the end? Yeah. Uh, by that point, I was so out. But then the weird like arena thing, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, his mom has been like orchestrating all these things in his life. And then I was also thinking like, how awkward is it at the Ariaster house on Mother's Day? Well, yeah. Because he was... seems to hate moms no a lot. <laughs> that is true. All of his movies, you're right. He's like, okay. Um, yeah. Has there ever been a mom? This is the first mom in one of his movies that survives <laughs> barely uh but, but she's awful yeah <laughs> like a horrible person that i was reading the trivia because i was like how did anybody allow this movie to be made um and he, <laughs> well they try to stop him they yeah. try to get him to make it shorter it was supposed to be four hours oh my imagine? god <laughs> um but he said this is supposed to be like he described it as like the jewish lord of the rings or like jewish a Jewish odyssey, like it's like all about the like super oppressive Jewish mother, and it's like that's not a story. No, <laughs> that's like it sounds a joke. like you have issues you need to work out. <laughs> and not it sounded on like film. all the things that are <laughs> by the end are just like this is so dumb. He just thought we're really funny, and it's like okay. Also, it's I like, was like. There were like a couple funny moments and then he kept just making it so dark. I'm like, this isn't funny. Like, this is kind of horrifying. Like, if you're making a comedy, like, don't have a little girl drink paint and then her eyes are like oh popping God. out of her head. Yeah, it was very midsummer. Don't have someone jump off a roof and leave their body in the street for the entire movie. Yeah. Like, no. It's like, yeah. it's too just, much. It's so <laughs> weird. It, I mean, the movie actually, the other way I was thinking about it when we were watching it was like, this is like how if an acquaintance, somebody that you work with, is describing some crazy dream they mm-hmm. had to you. That's what watching this movie is like. It's like, that is not fun for anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I sure it's great to him. <laughs> he just doesn't have, it doesn't feel like a comedy to me because like the comedic bits in the beginning, even I had a problem with that because I was like, it doesn't feel like a world that's a comedy world. Like I was want, like being John Malkovich where it has a defined style, like in this world, people are like this, but this was just like, like they're on a bridge and there's just random street vendors that don't feel like they're supposed to be there. Like, why is this one street filled with homeless people? It's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't feel like, like make the world a little more, like in your world i don't know know. it was just too like too much conflicting stuff going on (laughs) i hope a24 learned their lesson that like sorry Ah! (laughs) excuse me that's what you say instead of bless you Ah! (laughs) i hope a24 learned their lesson that they can't just keep letting ari aster in particular but they can't just keep letting people make movies where that are like 
outrageously long and have seemingly have no oversight. Because anybody could read this script and be like, this is awful. <laughs> this is such a disaster. <laughs> this movie should never be made. No. Yeah, it's... Man, I like Midsummer, and I obviously I love Hereditary, but man, I don't know if I like Ari Aster anymore. Period. Like it, I'd have to think yeah, about it before I, I see. I also his hated Walking Phoenix in this. Well, yeah. He's been like going pretty far down on my people. I don't like movies. <laughs> yeah, understandably. <laughs> but he just talks like a little kid the whole movie. I'm like, this is so annoying. I mean, I'm sure that was the point. But I know, it's, like, but it's I don't so like annoying. That. Yeah, it is awful. <laughs> I don't like that. Even Parker Posey couldn't save it. <laughs> no. Nope. Way to Boy. underutilize Parker Posey, by the way. <laughs> and underclothe her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously we did not like it. No. But some people do like it. We did not like what it. What does it have? I haven't reviewed it on Letterboxd yet. What does it Average have? is a three and a half. That's way too high. <laughs> it should be like a two. I, I gave it one and a half. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking about giving it to, which puts it pretty firm, pretty close to the bottom of the list yeah. for this year, sadly. I will never, ever want to revisit this movie. I, when, what did I ever. say when the movie ended? What? I said, Forgot. promise me. We'll never watch to make that me a, again. I have an ultimate for our marriage. <laughs> I will stay married to me as long as you never make me watch that movie again. Yeah. And I like to look for the positive things in movies when I don't like them, and there are none. Mm. <laughs> I could have watched that first 40 minutes again. I enjoyed that. But the rest of it, pure garbage. Pure garbage. So, yeah. Bo is afraid. I give it one and a half. I think it's called Bo is not afraid. He's very afraid. You probably gave it two, one and a half. One and a half, I think, is what I'm going to give it as well. Uh, It's only rentable on Amazon and Apple. But guess what? We're not going to end on that piece Mm -mm. of crap. Because we're we're about to talk our favorite movie of the month. Maybe. Probably. Definitely Harper's favorite. Oh, yeah. Definitely a high one. So that is. Oh, man. <laughs> Godzilla minus one. No! <laughs> Just woos. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about this movie. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> so, Godzilla. Wait, I have to say it like the trailer. Godzilla minus one. <laughs> <laughs> they say it so quietly. Uh, directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Post-war Japan, from zero to minus. I don't know what that means. That's a better... Actually, that tagline, it should be from zero to negative one. Mm. In post-war Japan, a new terror rises. Will the devastated people be able to survive, let alone fight back? This is not a synopsis. So, Godzilla Minus One <laughs> takes place in World War... Right after World... Well, during and right after World War Two mm-hmm. Ends in Japan... Um, it follows a kamikaze pilot who like freaked out and didn't want to kill himself, uh, for the cause. And then kind of is dealing with that shame and guilt that he has been feeling as he returns back to Japan that is like destroyed. Everything's, uh, devastating. He's lost his parents and he meets a young girl who has a baby that's not hers this gets complicated she found she basically kind of adopted this baby because like the baby's parents died in the fire bombings Mm -hmm. and then yeah and so he feels obligated to help her out too but so they're all like living together in this kind of makeshift family um but he actually sees godzilla early on and had a chance to shoot it and maybe kill it and lives with the guilt not of not doing that because it ends up killing the entire people on the island. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, Godzilla 
in partly is like a representation of his guilt in that like yes. not only did he like shirk his duty to country as like a kamikaze pilot who was cowardly you know didn't do his his duty i don't yeah. agree with that but that's what he th- feels um but then yeah but then it's like oh i didn't kill this dinosaur that killed a bunch of people uh mm-hmm. and now that dinosaur is like an enormous Bigger, monster that's more like mutated committing genocide against my yeah. country <laughs> so it it spans a few years of this yeah. sort of setup um <laughs> And Godzilla gets very big. And then he ends up getting a job where he's kind of cleaning up different mines out of the ocean and then also gets involved with trying to stop Godzilla. Right. For the when it comes back. <sighs> so Harper loved this movie so oh much that he couldn't even move in the theater. He was just like, oh my God. In rapture. This is happening. This is the Godzilla movie what, what I always I, wanted. <laughs> what did I do when the movie ended? You had a single tear roll down your cheek. No, what did I really do? <laughs> you grabbed me and yelled something. I didn't yell. <laughs> you, but you grabbed me. I grabbed your arm and shook you and I said, oh You're my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you okay? Because <laughs> I was worried the whole film you weren't saying or doing anything. I was like, Harper must hate this movie. <laughs> How could you I was so worried worried you're gonna be so disappointed i adored this movie uh, oh my god <laughs> i mean this is easily the best human story that's been in any godzilla movie maybe you could you could argue the original is is the only one that's, yeah. that's in the same realm this is a human story that happens to have godzilla in yeah it. <laughs> it's like most godzilla movies the number one complaint most reviews say of any Godzilla movies, like, oh, I wish there had just been more Godzilla and less of the human characters because I didn't care mm-hmm. about the human. I felt so not that about this. I mean, I did think there could have been one more Godzilla attack. Yes, I just, agree. Just for fun. But um, I, the human story, I was totally absorbed in and totally I guess engaged there, in. I was going to say, you need at least three, but I guess there were three. Yeah, there were three. It could maybe use one more, I, th- yeah. I felt. Um, just because there's like a long period when they're like prepping for the final yeah. battle that there is no Godzilla for a long time. But um, but like the movie's super interesting. The characters are really complicated and, and interesting. Um, there's really like clever conflicts that they set up between like there's like duty to country versus duty to your family and to yourself. Yeah. There's like guilt over this perceived cowardice he has. There's this idea about like the value of human life and mm-hmm. how important that is no matter what. Um uh, and just, you know, obviously all this stuff about guilt is a, is the big piece of it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think probably there are, I think the only people who are not going to like this are ones who think that it's going to be like a monster movie. Well, maybe, but or they fight more lot. than that. I think <laughs> Let it's them people, fight. <laughs> people are going to think it's just too melodramatic Yeah, in some cases, I think, but I really liked that in that, um, I thought, I thought, first of all, it was like there's very like difficult, raw, emotional stuff happening. So it makes sense that it's like very melodramatic um, because it's unimaginable to like come home and like your entire village and almost everybody you know is dead and you are like kind of shunned by people because you were supposed to die in the, in service of your country to maybe protect them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you didn't. And so like, you know, the melodrama makes sense, but it also felt like a movie that would have come out in the forties, like the, the, like the way the emotional scenes and stuff are handled feel very much like an older movie, which works for the period piece. I thought, yeah, I did have a couple of issues with some of the cheesy moments. We did both agree that there should be a lot more 
burn scars on certain characters. Yeah, there's something that happens in the end that's a little like, wow, I can't. That's a yeah, that's surprising. But um, yeah, I don't disagree about that for sure. And it's very like, yeah, we're gonna fight and like be united, and it's for Japan, and like so that stuff. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's a little much, but well, I thought they did a good job of balancing like that, like kind of like cheer, like exuberance with like the total like utter depressing yeah. uh, nature of like the world that these people are living in. Yeah. Um, did you like the way Godzilla looked and all the actual Godzilla stuff? Yeah. I was actually like when he first appears, he's just a dinosaur and they kind of say that he's a dinosaur, street creature dinosaur. Yeah. There, there are, there is at least one or two Godzilla movies where that is like the, yeah. Origin. So at first I'm like, Oh, he's way smaller than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> and then later, of course he's, he's a big boy. It's really cool to see him really small, but it's like a unique Godzilla yeah. scene that I don't think I've seen before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really loved how he looked. Uh, his head is a little small for my taste. <laughs> I like the tiny head. He's got a he's got a big boy body. The tiny head and tiny front arms felt very Shin Godzilla to me, which I liked. And big old tail. His tail is massive. He felt very expressive, like the face. Uh, There's like a lot the of moments that reminded me of Harley. Mm-hmm. When I, when I look at Godzilla, I think of Harley, mm-hmm. especially when he plays with trains and She's stuff. She's a very dis- <laughs> uh, destructive little creature, just like Godzilla. Yeah. But there's one scene I keep thinking about. It's probably one of the best scenes in the movie when you first get to see the atomic breath Mm. destruction. And it's also an homage to the original, right? When he first kind of attacks Tokyo, Mm -hmm. except it's heartbreaking. And it's so like, oh, my God, just utter destruction. And they do a great part. I won't spoil anything in the scene because I'm sure no one has really uh, it's funny to see it, it reminded me very much of a scene from pacific rim that's also like the best part yeah. of that movie <laughs> but they do a great job also with like just cutting all the sound out after mm-hmm. everything bad happens it's and really, just sort of like oh you're alone <laughs> the movie's really well mixed there's a lot of yeah. really cool stuff they do with with the absence of sound in a few places actually but that's also we were talking about with this movie is that it has such a lower budget compared to the newer ones and it looks like it's not, um, there's a couple scenes where I'm like, this is a little fake looking, but like when it's the close-ups of Godzilla and like the destruction stuff, I'm like, this looks great. By and large, the CGI yeah. looks fantastic. And yeah, this movie's made for $15 million. Yeah, that's insane. That's like, I bet May, December costs more than that. <laughs> Definitely. Probably, that's probably just paying Julian more. <laughs> yeah, probably all of the movie, the other new movies we watched this month cost more than that, yeah. I would guess. A so lot they do more. a lot with a very small budget. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Um. Yeah, oh, man, I just loved this movie so much. I had like, it would have been like a five star. I mm-hmm. had like a couple of minor issues, very minor. That one of them was something about the ending that I don't want to spoil. Yeah. Um, but um, and there's also there's a sequence. This one I can say without to without really being a spoiler. I think there's a section that's really cool where it's like the first time Godzilla is attacking like Tokyo and um. They basically recreate that famous scene of Godzilla like picking up the mm-hmm. train and putting it in his mouth from the original, but this time you're seeing it from like inside the train. Yeah. Which is really cool and really intense. But they're like that whole sequence has got the original Godzilla theme under it. Yeah. Which is really cool when he first shows up, but like they continue to let it play. And it feels like that kind of sucks some of the drama because I'm still like in nostalgia mode. <laughs> like, oh Godzilla. Dun, 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 and not dun, like dun, dun. so it like <laughs> takes you out of a little bit of being in like empathizing with this character who's in this like insanely perilous situation. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's a very minor thing. Very minor. 
I remember early on people, I think they had released a photo of one of the scenes where the the wooden ship interacts with Godzilla and everyone was like, this is just like Jaws. It's so Jaws. <laughs> yeah, I guess actually if you count that, there's like four yeah. Godzilla scenes. So I, I guess, guess there so, is yeah. that. That scene is awesome. It's it's Yeah, it's basically these guys on a wooden fishing boat trying to stop Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And it's like they have no chance, but they've got, they're trying everything they can. It's really cool. Um. I don't know if we should talk about anything else or if it gets too spoilery. Yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil the ending uh, because I really, really want people to go see this in a theater. Yeah, so I feel like I'm having the same... It's a, what do you like better, this or Shin Godzilla? It's a really hard, hard to say. Because that's the last one I really like. My immediate reaction is that I like this better, but I yeah. think I'd have to see it again to, because Shin is so good and one of my favorites. I mean, <sighs> I mean, seeing this movie, I was like, okay... I can't decide the order now. Like it's definitely my top three. It's yeah. this Shin Godzilla and the original are my top three. I'm just not sure how to order them anymore. Cause yeah. this movie, <laughs> I was excited about it and it blew my expectations out of the water. So I think we will definitely be seeing this again. I hope so. And I'm, I'm I bet glad. my rating would go up the second time. Cause that happened with Shin Godzilla too. I was like, yeah, there was so much happening. It's like, okay, hold on. They're really, <laughs> really different movies, which is cool. Yeah. Because like, yeah, these three American ones that have come out, like they're all really similar. That's the problem the now. We're not going to be able to enjoy. I mean, the American ones are going to seem yeah. even crappier. In, so um, crappy writing. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, th- this one and Shin Godzilla are so wildly different, and they're yeah. both really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is uh, like it's in my top two or three movies of the year too. I think it's my number two right now. Um, I mean, I thought this was unbelievably good and I'm really glad to hear. It sounds like I'm, I'm hearing from all kinds of other people, friends of ours. And like, even just today, a family friend of ours who I would have never thought I'd have a conversation about Godzilla. It was like, we went and saw it last night and it was so good. So I'm hoping it's going to get a lot of attention that deserves it. It seems like on Letterboxd, at least everybody is, it's averages of 4.2 Yeah, and it's mostly five stars. (laughs) So that's not bad for a new Godzilla film. <laughs> All the people that I... doesn't rely on any other of the films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the people that I follow on Letterboxd that have seen it so far, I've given it either a four or four and a half. Yeah, that makes me very, very happy. Godzilla, you did it. Especially because that Godzilla show this that started this month or last month is not great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're like, oh, we can't watch this now. Yeah, I don't know if I can go back to it at this point. <laughs> it's be hard. Um. So I wonder if they're going to make a second Godzilla, Godzilla. minus two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people were clamoring for, I mean, as in the trivia, they talked about how like for, I mean, how long did a Shin come out? It was like 20, 15? I don't know. I think it's I'll older than that. Um, it's been a while and people have constantly been asking for a sequel. 2016. 16. Yeah. So it's been what, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, oh, we don't know. I don't think we can just follow it up that well. And so I'm glad they didn't try to because, I mean, you know, yeah. this was fantastic. I don't know if it'd be better to do a sequel to this one or just do something entirely new again. Uh, Hopefully they would. I don't know. I feel like maybe it works better when they just do new stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it either way. If it's a good movie, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's... uh. The ending of this movie does vaguely set it up. I, I it don't does know if it's, seem like I don't know if it's it. set. I mean, Shin ends in a similar way where it's not necessarily like 
setting it up for a sequel, but it also could just be like the tradition of like, oh, is he dead? Yeah. <laughs> is he or isn't he? Um, but yeah, this concludes our Godzilla podcast. Yeah. I could talk about this for the rest <laughs> of the day today easily. Well, I'm sure you'll get to talk about it on our like yearly faves uh, or Oscar talk. <laughs> best picture of the year. Yeah. <laughs> So, Godzilla sweeps categories. Best actor, Godzilla. <laughs> Best sound, Godzilla. Godzilla's like, who me? Yeah. Walks <laughs> up to the stage, yeah, squishes. Uh, uh, what's his name? I'm so sorry. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> uh, I give it four stars. Four and a half. And it is in theaters right now. It just came out. So you have to go see it now. I right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a slightly limited engagement. Or no, if it's, it's in it's theaters. It's a full thing. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, We just went to the fan Freaking thing. Shin Godzilla was out for one day yeah. in the US. And then it was like two years Gone before forever. the Blu-ray came out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad more people get a chance to see this one. It's a great holiday film. <laughs> sure. <laughs> go see it. Take your parents Did to you it. tell me about that Godzilla Christmas tree? Yeah. Yeah, I finally saw it the other day. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. We need one. Okay. <laughs> um, so that wraps up the roundup. <laughs> we talked a lot. So what was our final new movie list? One, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. That might new be movies. the most new movies I've ever seen in one. It's lot. very possible. especially not. We didn't go to a film festival. Or no, something. it's weird. Yeah, it's crazy. So lots of good new movies to go see, um, and definitely put Godzilla at the top of your list. Yeah, definitely. So now we will move into our mini segment on holiday horror. Brain So, holiday horror. What's hell? Uh, Mary Helmus. Uh, <laughs> what? I'm trying to think of other horror related. I mean, all the names slag, of these movies. <laughs> slime. Uh, slime. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. My slime. My slime. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. We thought after since we saw a Thanksgiving movie this month, we thought it might be fun to introduce and talk about some of our favorite. Um, uh, holiday like christmas holiday horror movies um leading into that season of the year because there are some good ones out there and this isn't really in any order it's kind of the order of us remembering which movies are holiday related so any specific order for (laughs) sure just some of our favorites yeah so good movies holiday horror movies to watch in december this month yeah if you want to watch some horror movies so probably the first one that came to mind was black christmas I mean, that's an obvious yeah one. came out in 1974 um stars olivia hussey they've remade this movie like two times nice. at least and this one is definitely the best version so watch the original one because original it's way more interesting because it follows a bunch of um uh, sorority sisters during Christmas break and there's a killer terrorizing them. First he's making obscene phone calls. I was like the way they say obscene yeah. phone calls. Um, and it has a great cast, Olivia Hussey and Margot Kidder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like the, the, the guy from, cop or somebody was some... Well, her, the boyfriend uh, is the guy from uh, Space Odyssey. Yeah. There's some good <clears throat> good stuff. And I think... Kiridelia. 
I think I, I like most about this one is that uh, it's not obvious who the killer is, and it really um, it's very creepy. And yeah, it felt very. It feels very modern for seventies. It, it does, and the ending is really creepy and unsettling. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. So Black by the director Christmas. of A Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Bob Clark, yeah. he did a Christmas Black story Christmas and a Christmas Porkies story. <laughs> and Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Wait, no, did he? Yes. What? <laughs> that, is that that movie about babies that are geniuses? Yes, it is. <laughs> I didn't know I did that. Oh, he man. did some other good horror movies too. Did he? I don't yeah. have any on here. Children shouldn't play with dead things. Oh, and, I haven't um, seen that. Uh, we watched that one about the Vietnam vet who comes home and is like killing people. Um, I don't have it. Maybe he wrote it. No, he definitely directed it. Um, oh my God. Dead of it? Night? Yeah. No, no, that's not it. You're going to make me look this up. No. I am looking at his stuff. I don't see it. <laughs> I'm looking, Harper. I'm looking. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm not crazy. I think you're crazy. I don't see anything that sounds like what you're talking about. Oh, maybe it is Dead of Night. I think it's the movie has two names. Mm. Uh, yeah, it is Dead of Night. I saw it with You're a like, different name. like, no. Well, I saw it with a different name for sure. <laughs> sorry. Oh, wait. My mistake. <laughs> Thanks, Harper. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, Black Christmas is a holiday horror staple. Start there because that will get you in the mood for all the other ones to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Black Christmas? <laughs> God. <laughs> you like that? Um, no, it's an awesome movie that everybody ought to see. It's great. All right. Next up is Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is an 80s film directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr., Mm -hmm. who also, no, he didn't do anything good. This is the only thing. (laughs) Well, we saw, we saw this movie. Um, oh, Death Dream is the other name of that. That's Mm, the, we saw it under the title Death Dream. Sorry. Um, we saw this on what? Christmas Eve last yeah. year. <laughs> we went to the plaza on Christmas Eve and so Silent Night Deadly, which this is like, the screenwriter is like, okay, how can we make it so legitimately in real life somebody could become a crazed Santa Claus killer? And mm-hmm. it's like, let's make everything that could make this kid psychotic around Santa Claus Yeah, that could possibly happen to happen to this poor kid. All right, kid. so his parents are going to get murdered by Santa. Uh, doesn't his mom get like raped by Santa? Raped basically? and murdered, I think. Yeah. And then Santa's going to kill him too. And yeah, and then it chases him through the woods at night. And then all this like traumatic stuff with Santa happens at like the orphanage. Yeah. And then he works at a department store and it's like Christmas time and things start to get a little crazy. It gets a little weird. <laughs> it's great. What a super fun, ridiculous slasher. I really enjoyed it. Also great name, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Plus, you can't get better than if that. If you watch the second one, which I think is largely a clip show of the first one, mm-hmm. it's also got the real famous Garbage Day yeah. scene. <laughs> I do remember my review, it just keeps saying like, uh, has great like line deliveries, like punish, naughty. Oh yeah. <laughs> punish. I forgot about that. That's great. Um, but I think the the backstory is crazy. It's a pretty crazy mm-hmm. killer backstory. <laughs> Um, and aren't there like a bunch of orphan kids, orphanage scene where the, the crazy oh, Santa definitely. stuff happens? Yeah, I think that's where it ends, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole movie's just insane, for sure. So you get brutal kills, lots of Santa, Santa stuff. <laughs> lots of evil Santas. And yeah, great line deliveries. <laughs> it's just, it's a good, good movie to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and it's short. It's only 80 minutes. 
That's what I like. So Silent Night, Deadly Night, if you want an 80s Christmas slasher. Well, and then there's also another one. <laughs> and if you want another 80s Christmas slasher, we're Actually, going... like three on here. Yeah. We're going for Christmas Evil. Evil. Which came out in 1980, directed by Louis Jackson. Better watch out, better not cry, or you may die. <laughs> <laughs> this was on Joe Bob like two years ago for the Christmas special, and we both just like really loved it. Yeah. It has one of the best endings I feel like I've ever seen. Because this is the one where it's like, it's as if it's a, a allegory for trans. I'm sure it was not. Yeah. But that's the way John but- Waters talks about this movie is that, yeah, it's like if somebody, it's like instead of a man thinking that, not thinking, man knowing that he was really born a woman, a woman yeah. in a man's body, it's like he's Santa Claus born in a man's yeah. body. Yeah, <laughs> like he has to be Santa. And and he like works at a toy factory and takes a job really seriously. Very and everybody seriously. else is like, oh, Christmas, I hate it. And he's like, I'm going to murder yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> he basically kills people who don't have the Christmas spirit. <laughs> but the funny thing I wrote when we saw this was like, it's weird because I sympathize with the totally. Santa oh, you killer. Definitely do. It's like, if you're on the naughty list, you're on it for a reason That's and right. you deserve to die. So you have no one to blame but yourself. That is right. And the ending will leave you, will leave your jaw again. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so that was a weird one, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Christmas <laughs> Eve. It's also like streaming everywhere for free so shutter and to be in rokun voodoo so you have no excuse so another good 80s christmas slasher movie watch it um that one's a little more low lower budget than the others for sure um but still good so this one most people have probably seen it has like (laughs) a thousand different names for it but it's um game over or deadly game or 3615 code Per, what was it? Para Noel. Para Noel. <laughs> so we saw this probably on Joe Bob as well, right? Yeah, we did. We did. When the world of childhood encounters that of horror, that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. They're French. It's a French movie. French um, it's by the person. I guess they only did the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, hmm. but I don't really see that. any other horror-related stuff. <clears throat> so this is basically Home Alone. But at Christmas time, it's Home Alone. If the burglars were not try funny, to kill him. they were like terrifying and <laughs> <Yeah>. like psychos. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bizarre, and also it's just insane. This little kid with the mullet reminded me so much of you in totally, photos, your totally. childhood photos. He's got like Kool Aid now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's and it's like it's not just like he's trying to survive and protect his house. It's like he has to save his grandpa. Yeah, his, <laughs> his only like living guardian. <laughs> and the guy that's dressed as Santa is like a lunatic who breaks into their and house. they're like super rich right because his yeah. dad like owns a toy shop so he has Something every like type that, yeah. of toy and basically every weapon so you can think using of these toys and stuff to fight back yeah because he's like a little gi joe uh crazy kid it's insane. he goes rambo full isn't there rambo. also like a, a full music video section when he's like crying there might be i think so it's been a while since we've seen it boy we should watch that again before christmas yeah <laughs> it's insane so if you want to see a little kid who has to defend his house and save his grandpa from evil Christmas people <laughs> dressed as Santa Claus, yeah. this is for you. Yeah. <laughs> game over slash deadly game slash 3615 code pair Noel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also streaming on Shudder. Um, so the next one is more probably obscure. 
I think Game Over is pretty obscure. Okay. Well, that is The Day of the Beast. It's a 90s film. It's Spanish. And it was directed by Alex Alex de la... I I watched another one of his movies this month that I didn't want to cram into our list, but Witching and Bitching, which was very fun. I think you would enjoy it. Um, So this takes place in Madrid, and it takes place on Christmas time, and they're trying to reincarnate... the antichrist yeah it's basically like this priest um (laughs) is convinced that the antichrist is going to be born on this christmas morning but he doesn't know where or who and i can't remember the exact logic but it's like he wants to this priest starts committing all these really uh sinful things specifically to try and yeah to try and like (laughs) draw himself to the antichrist so he can find it and so he's just going around the town doing whatever yeah he's just like going into stores and like stealing stuff and he befriends like this metalhead guy that helps him yeah death metal salesman (laughs) yeah it's really funny really really funny and clever like a lot of that guy's movies Mm -hmm. iglesias movies it's I, i had a really good time watching it yeah, so that one's a little weirder. It's less about Santa, more about Christ and the Antichrist. <laughs> Happens yeah, to take like place Christmas on Christmas. Eve. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's definitely a born. Christmas movie. For no, sure. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it's not <laughs> your typical Santa holiday. Themes. Why? Because it's Spanish. Yeah, they <laughs> don't believe kidding. in Saint Noel. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. I like that movie a lot. Um. So. That one is also like on Tubi and Hoopla and Canopy and pretty widely available. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one is not the Michael Keaton one because <laughs> I accidentally pulled that one up. This is Jack Frost from 97, directed by Michael Cooney. Hell yeah. Ready for the tagline? Uh, freeze. Um, he's... <laughs> Uh, uh, he's made he's made of <laughs> lumps of coal. I don't know. He's chilling and, and killing, of course. Ow! Okay, so you have to talk about this one because I fell asleep. <laughs> I barely. It's been a while since I watched it too. But we watched a trailer. It looks very comedic. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> we own this movie now, so we really need to rewatch it. Um, yeah. It's like just super super goofy slasher where the killer is a he's like a. A, a serial killer who got put into the body of a, of a snowman for some reason. <laughs> and so like the yes, cops like <laughs> fight him with like hair dryers and stuff. That's, yeah. The trailer had a lot of that. Uh-huh. Like freezing. Like. <laughs> but it has like a real funny infamous scene with like Shannon Doherty. It's Shannon Doherty, right? Isn't this Shannon Elizabeth? Shannon Elizabeth. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, That's like real. Who, she's in like scary, the first scary movie, right? An uh, American Pie. She's the basically the naked european exchange student, i mean that's, i think that's <laughs> kind of what she is in this too it's a really yeah. funny infamous scene with her um the whole movie's just like super goofy and mm-hmm. just like it'd be a great like party movie to horror movie to watch for the winter weather yeah so i i should probably watch it at some point we should watch it looks tonight. very f- funny <laughs> if we don't go out to see godzilla again that is right now uh-huh. let's go bye yeah <laughs> um the next one is actually a new year's eve movie maybe it is you know, it's barely a new year's they, Eve movie it, they like mention it but it has nothing to do with the yeah plot. there's no countdown or there is a countdown scene right I maybe don't even anyway it's that. called terror train it came out in 1980 directed by roger spotswood the boys and girls of sigma by some will live some will die that's a pretty good tagline yeah. actually but this one is jamie lee curtis it's one of Woo! a pretty early role for her this is like 
She did like and Halloween and Prom Night and Terror Train, like all right. Oh, man. David Copperfield. That's right. That's what I was gonna, <laughs> the best part of this movie. <laughs> David Copperfield. The best part of this is that David Copperfield is in it, basically playing himself. Yeah, he's just, he's like, just a magician. A, ma- a, a young man magician that's on the train. And at some, some point, I'm like, oh my God, is he the killer? Oh my God, it would have been the best thing ever if he had I really been. wish he had been. This is the one that starts with like, don't they pull like a terrible prank on this kid? Like he thinks he's like about to have sex with like the head cheerleader and then like they make him blindfold or whatever. She makes him blindfold and then he takes the blindfold off and he's like having sex with a corpse. I think so. <laughs> it's like, there might yeah, be I a, think he might be the killer <laughs> trying to get revenge. Cause that's Maybe. horrible. Why would they want that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, think it was David Copperfield, which is a real shame. Yeah, the only problem with this is you don't get a lot of gore, and there's some good twists, but you can't kind of see it coming. Well, the clever thing about this one as a slasher, which I don't feel like I've seen in another movie, is there. It's like because it's a New Year's party, they're all wearing like masks and stuff. Yeah, it's like a costume and party. Every time the killer kills somebody, he takes their mask, and mm-hmm. so the killer never is wearing the same mask. Like he yeah. always, he's always in a different costume, which is really cool. That's about the only really fun thing I remember about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it might right. not be the best, but if you want a well, New Year's horror movie. A New Year's horror also, movie. my review says there is no countdown scene. So I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't think there is. <laughs> I like they mention it as like the setup as to why yeah. they're getting on the train and then they never talk about Mm-mm. it again. It's more of like an end of semester party yes, for totally. these college kids. That's exactly what But it they is. probably had to release it at in Christmas time. Maybe, so they're yeah. like, oh, it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> So if you want to see David Copperfield in a horror film, this is for you. There is also a movie <laughs> called New Year's Evil, but I don't know anything about it. I've never seen it. That's a good good name. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like Christmas yeah. Evil. But it's on Tubi and Roku and Rentable. Uh, and the last one is probably the most family friendly. Oh, yeah. It's the only. The most family friendly. <laughs> I'd say it's the only family friendly one. And that's Gremlins, which came out in the 80s by Joe Dante. No! <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a good gateway horror movie, too. Yeah. Don't get him wet. Keep him out of bright light and never feed him after midnight. That's oh, such a weird, like, it's really strange. Furbies. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I I remember liking it. It's been a while since I've watched it, though. Vegetable Gremlin. Yeah, we watched Gremlins 2 more recently. Yeah. And that one was weird. I didn't <laughs> see Gremlins until I was like 33 years old yeah. or something. So we don't have as much of a like love yeah, attachment of, to it. <laughs> a lot of... A lot of, a lot of kids people a little older than us uh, have like a super nostalgic thing about gremlins and critters and yeah yeah but yeah it's a good horror horror for kids yeah and it takes place on christmas <laughs> and they're cute on christmas gizmo yeah the christmas season I don't gizmo know. is is the the, the gremlin <laughs> gizmo, gizmo is, is his the name gremlin. and gizmos is his game <laughs> <laughs> do you remember who voices gizmo no it's uh What's his name? Who's the guy that hosted the Deal or No Deal? Howie Howie Mandel. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't even see him credited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could voice Gizmo. Yeah, you could. But yeah, this is the uh, Christmas kiss, Christmas. Gizmo for kids. is chilling and killing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody dies in this movie. <laughs> if they do, we don't see it. Or it's or, or they die in like a silly way by yeah. like oh Whoa, I got ow. I got covered in popcorn <laughs> oh no <laughs> not again um I was gonna ask do you think Home Alone counts as a horror movie no 
psychological horror. If we did a, we talked about, <laughs> we may be doing a mini segment. Abandonment. I mean, weaponizing your home. I mean, that old man is very scary in the beginning. That's my grandson up there. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably the thing we quote the most about well, we anything. We say it about everything. We're just like, that's my movie up there. Yeah. That's my Blu ray up there. That's my cat over there. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. That's hilarious. Christmas time. <laughs> all of the laughter. All of the presents. <laughs> when we got to, we the one time we flew into Chicago, as soon as we got into the airport. <laughs> yeah, I played the music on my phone. I was like, we gotta go. Um, so, yeah, holiday horror. Black Christmas, Sunday Night, Deadly Night, Christmas Evil, Game Over, Daddy Glam- Glames, uh, Day of the Beast, Jack Frost, Terror Train, Gremlins. We're watching Jack Frost tonight. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, so that wraps up our holiday horror mentions and wraps up our monthly podcast. <laughs> We're going to be back next month with our last episode of the year. Yeah, we will be on a hiatus uh, for half of December and half of January. <laughs> That's correct. But, but guess what? Yes, next year, big exciting news. Yeah, the, well, here's what I'll it's say. Been- the first episode of the new year, it's going to be episode 100. <gasps> we did it. We'll be fresh back from New Zealand land, from New Middle Zealand. Earth, <laughs> with a, a 100th episode spectacular for you guys. Yeah. You remember how long that alien episode was? We're going to double it. <laughs> <laughs> 10 hour podcast. How 100 <laughs> hours for the 100th episode. Right. We'll just record our lives for two weeks. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah things to be excited for yeah for sure we have no idea what we're doing but it'll be we've got, bonkers we've got a few ideas we'll probably have like six six different segments yeah probably all four hours each um so that's it for this episode but don't forget you can always see a list of all the movies we talked about on our letterbox you can also follow us on twitter at spice podcast or on instagram at spice together podcast let us know what you watched this month <laughs> and let Howard Dean know you're thinking of him. <laughs> get get him a little something for Christmas. Don't forget to tip your Howard Deans this <laughs> yeah. year, folks. If he's cold, or what is it? If, if you're cold, they're cold. <laughs> Bring them inside. <laughs> <laughs> wow, bring your Deans inside. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see you soon on another episode of Splice Together. Thank you.